Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The ACNZ app. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome in everybody, welcome to your Friday as we wrap up another working week. Good to have your company here. Last day of the month as well. Oh, we're not going to be on here for April Fool's. Mind you, you're not allowed to do April Fool's after midday anyway, are you? That's the sort of the unwritten rule. Um, but good to have your company on the last day of March, which I guess means daylight saving is finishing, uh, it's finishing on Sunday. Yeah, April 2nd, it is. Uh, what a show we got for you today. Brett Kamali, former Shark in New South Wales and Kangaroo halfback, uh, talking ahead of the Warriors and the Sharks. Uh, what does he make of SJ? What does he make of Nico? Two players having great seasons, early seasons, but going great guns. That'll be just after one. Mitch McLennigan, former Black Cat bowler, sometimes part time host here as well. Jim owner, great bloke. He'll be just after the news at 1.30. Uh, Brendan Buffer, Chainsaw Laney, former Highlanders and Scottish rugby player, of course, very well known to us here on the show. We'll go through this weekend's Super Rugby, including Chiefs Blues. That's why we went to Buffer, just straight down the pipe. Not an ex-Chief, not an ex-Blue. Really interested to hear his take on the, uh, the massive match this weekend. And uh, Michael Laminato, Formula One and motorsport writer. He's a podcaster, a broadcaster. He does the whole shebang. Um, so we'll catch up with him in the last hour and also Jimmy Smith as well. We also have the coaching queen and king of the ring. Uh, how many of these have we got today? Two more today. So four matchups today. Just having a quick little look. Two upsets from the first round. Three upsets of the of those voted, of the nominations. Just having a quick look. So we'll let you know what the first one is at about 1230 but the sweepstake for Super Rugby, we changed it a bit yesterday for the Rugby League. Let's go rugby. Across the round, 
When will the last try be scored? So the latest a try will be scored in any of the matches. So I'm, I'm guessing most of the guesses will be after 70 minutes, 70, 71, 72. If you go out on a limb and go 64, you might be closest. Um, and the tiebreaker is which team will score the latest try in their respective games. So that's what your task is today. Um, we had a lot of discussion about different um, permutations we could do for a sweet stake. Um, I came up with about four ideas. Uh, Captain K came up with about four ideas. Sam Hewitt came up with one, and that's the one we're doing because he's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Said for reaction, and I got it. Um, so the games this weekend, if I can quickly find them for you, just think about these ones, which one you think is most likely to have a late Try in their match. Minor Pacifica Highlanders, Reds Crusaders, uh, Fiji and Drua at home against the Rebels, Chiefs Blues, Brumbies Waratahs, or the Hurricanes Force. And while everyone thinks the Hurricanes will beat the Force, and they should, the Force might get the last try. So tell us what minute the last try will be scored um, in the round, and we'll look at all of those games. We'll find the last try that was scored and the one that was latest. That is the team we'll be looking for for your tiebreaker. Hope that's not too confusing for you. Um, but yeah, which game will provide the latest try and what minute of the game will it be and who by? 0800-150-811. Get your thinking caps on and give us a yell. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Just opened up the TAB website actually and our Show Me The Money Bet's just sitting there, just sitting there waiting to be won, $490. Righto, let's go to the phones, get your picks, your considered selections. I can hear all of you out there with your grey matter whirling, trying to come up with your entry, but our first to call today is Darren from Aussie. G'day Darren. Hey Stephanie, how are you? Good, thanks man. I a bone to pick with you mate. Did Good. You, did you say to my wife last week that she needs a medal? Yes. <laughs> Cheeky bugger. <laughs> she enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you made a day because she always has a go at me that I'll be chatting to you and she'll be in the office and she'll hear me on the radio. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, she finally got to do it in person. So thanks for that. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, I'm going 78 minute hurricanes. Uh, 78 minutes. Oops, 78 minutes, and it'll be the Hurricanes to get the very latest try in their game. I like that. So they should get a few tries, shouldn't they? Um, Yeah, but it's Palmy North. Like, I don't know what it is. When the Hurricanes go to Palmy, it, they tend to shit the bed. <laughs> but, uh, and they go, sorry, I shouldn't swear. Um, yeah, they, they tend to struggle um, when they go there. So, yeah. But hopefully, um, yeah, they'll turn it around. All right. I've got you down. 78th minute. Try. Hurricanes will be the ones getting it. Champion. Good kickoff. Say hi yep. to Susie. Thanks, mate. Cheers. <laughs> See you, bud. Uh, let's go to Brenton. G'day, Brenton. G'day, Steph. How are you? Very well. 
That's good, mate. Hey, I'm going to go. The Blues are going to get the winning try at 80 minutes. You know, right to the line. They're going to just roll over in a rolling mall and just get the 80 minute winner. <laughs> Kurt Eklund. What do you reckon? <laughs> what do you reckon? Is that my heart speaking, not, the, uh, not, my, not my brain there, I think, maybe? Or no, you bro, you, you rung so fast, you haven't thought about it, but your instinct might be right. Yeah, you, who knows, eh? You never get up. Imagine if that Chiefs Blues game came down to an 80th minute try to either team. What a grandstand oh, game it would have been. Oh, that'd be awesome. Even if, even if it was a Chiefs 80 minute try, it'd be still awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you tra- are you travelling to that game? No, nah, mate, I'm a bit of a league guy, mate. So I'm more of a Warriors, uh, go to the Warriors games, but yeah. Nice. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, Brenton, all the very best to you and your pick. Cheers, my man. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. There's Brenton's pick. Uh, $50 TRB bonus bet to the person that gets it right or the closest with countbacks in place. Uh, Brett from Huntley. G'day, Brett. Oh, kia ora, my Brett. I don't have to go to TAB stats uh, to try and pick this one, and I can just be 100% biased to the grubs <laughs> in the 77th minute tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll score a try. But they won't win us the game. That'll probably just push us past 13 plus. Oh, yeah, boy. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> there I am. And there I will be tomorrow night, Staffy. Oh, you're going there? Uh, yeah, I season ticket there. Oh, have you? Season ticket there, bro. Yep. Oh, yep. Where, where's your seat? Uh, so the far side. Yep. Uh, not the broadcast side. Um, and we sit. Uh, so the broadcast side. If you're looking from the broadcast side, uh, on the right-hand side between the 10 and halfway, and um, yeah, just up under cover. Beautiful seat, just down by the food trucks and the coffee car- caravan, straight in the gate into your seat. That's why pretty much all I buy there ever is a coffee when it cools down a bit, just <laughs> to keep my bloody hands warm, man. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Well, good luck to your grubs in the 77th minute. I'll be keeping a very close eye. Have a good weekend, my bro. You too, Brett. Thanks for calling, buddy. Let's go to Zaid, of course, the life member. G'day, Zaid. Seventy-nine minute, please. Seventy-nine minute blues. How's it going to pan out? It's going to be a close game. Um, but yeah, the Blues are going to get a late try, and the Blues are going to win. Um, they've looked uh, pretty good lately against the Chiefs, and the Blues are looking pretty thick this weekend. Um, and that bench is absolutely, uh, that bench is delicious, you know. It's just a great bench. Like you got, you got Paddy Tops, Tom Robinson, and off the top, Fossey, all off the bench for impacts mm. when the boys get a bit tired. Yeah, it's a good bench, actually. And you can, and you can, and you can chuck Sammy Knock on there as well for a bit of impact if Sammy Christie gets tired. So I've, I, I actually think the bench is better than some of the players that are starting. I would actually have off the starting. I'd have Paddy starting and I'd have Robinson starting. But yeah, I just think maybe players, so. generally when a player's yeah. coming back from injury, they start them from the bench, don't they, before they get a start. I'd imagine Paddy Two-Ups will start yeah. next week. But, um, yeah, actually, I take your point. Looking at the benches, I would say Blues have got the edge in the bench. I'll, I'll give you that. And I mean... I mean, um, Anton. I mean, he's been repaid with a game he had speaking against the force. He was, he was an absolute workhorse. So I guess he gets the he gets the deserved start over Tom Robinson. I guess so. Um, you know, great for the young lads having another start. The German. I mean, 
I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but his original dream was to be the first German All Black one day. Uh, I don't know about that, but that was his original dream. We'll see, but... Yeah, yeah, maybe not this year, but he is a very, very good player. Who wins the battle between Dalton Papali'i and Sam Kane? Oh, Dalton Papali'i all day. Dalton <laughs> boy. All right, all right. Okay, mate. Sorry, will be the as well, I reckon. All right, mate. All right. Line's a bit dodgy, so we will carry on. Thank you, Zaid. Our life member, Zaid. We'll go to Joey in Auckland. G'day, Joey. Right, um, I'll say the 73rd minute blues. 73rd minute blues? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think they could get over them uh, tomorrow night. It's going to be a pretty good game, though. Well, I think it's going to be uh, awesome. Whoever wins a Ford battle, obviously, it's like, you know, the Crusaders, when they play, whoever wins a Ford battle and out of those two sides um, will get over, and I think... I think uh, the um, Blues have just got to put more edge actually in the loose forwards uh, trio, to be honest, uh, Staff. I think um, that Satutu's playing good football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and Dalton Pupple, you know, I just think they've got a sort of a bit more edge. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the, up, the other thing, just before I go, mate, um, I think uh, Sharp and Smart will win the, um, the, the derby in Australia, honestly. Very, very, very good horse. Ridiculously good, isn't it? Oh, oh, you don't come home in 30, 33 horses. You know, not many horses can come home in 33 over 600. Mm. Um, and it doesn't matter. That, don't worry about the draw. It's Dawn 17. It is an exceptional horse, and I think it'll win the derby. And you just take horses around it, and you'll get some money. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Beautiful, Joey. Have a great weekend, mate. Up the turbos. Go to Morty. <laughs> oh, is there anyone with a better sign-off than Joey from Auckland? We got a Josh in Napier. G'day, Josh. G'day, Steffi. How's your day going? All right. It's good so far. Very good. Now I'm going to go slightly left field. I think um, in the Moana Pacifica and Highlanders game, I mm. picked the Highlanders to win that by about twenty. But I think Moana Pacifica will score the last try in the 81st minute. A bit of razzle dazzle at the end. Oh, you've made Sammy Hewitt smile because he that was sort of the one he threw out this morning before we came on here. So Moana in the 81st, I love it. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And um, You've spoken to my wife the last couple of weeks, Ashley from Nature, um, but unlike her, I'm a staunch Magpies fan, so I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to convert her. <laughs> just don't, mate, just don't. Hawks Bay have got enough fans. Never, never too many, never too many. <laughs> and hopefully we can wrestle that shield back off Wellington this year as well. Uh, I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't be against that. You're a great shield holder, so we'll, I'll, we'll give Hawks Bay that. Uh, thanks, Josh. Say hi to Ashley, and uh, let's see well, how you go this happy. week. Cheers, buddy. Josh out in Apia, husband of Ashley. Great to hear from you, Josh. Uh, Craig in Tauranga. G'day, Craig. G'day, Steph. Um, so, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with the, the draw to score. So the draw will beat. I can beat the Rebels and for them to score late for the same reason he just went with Moana Pacifica Razzle Dazzle after the Hooter so yeah in the 80th minute or the 80 well, yeah uh, after the Hooter so what does that make it the 81st minute uh, 81st yep yep alright okay brilliant uh, I wish you well with that Craig. Okay. 81st minute draw like it thanks buddy and the, and the Blues will beat the Chiefs 
There you go. Okay. I lean towards the Chiefs, but, oh, gosh, the coin flip. Brilliant, Craig. Good chatting, mate. Uh, we're coming up to 20 past 12. If you want to get in the sweep, 0800 150 811. You can text through. We've had a few texts through. Uh, what about... Uh, what about the 25 million drop in the Blues put on the Chiefs last year? Can't quite figure that typo out. Chiefs 80th minute, Staffy. That's not my entry, that someone has sent that one and we need your name. person. That person, uh, phone number ending in 278, just retext through with your name, we'll chuck your name on there as well. Um, and thank you Chris from Rangiora, putting your name on there as well. If you want to have a crack, if you've just joined us, Across the whole Super Rugby round this weekend, which match will have the latest try scored? Well, what what is the minute? What minute will the latest try in any game be scored? We've got so far from the phone call, 78th, 80th, 77th, 79th, 73rd, 81st, 81st. And our count back will be, so at the moment, I think Joey's the only one that's picked 73. If 73 minutes is the latest any try in any game is scored, he'll win. If there's more with 73, then we go count back, which is the team, okay? So the latest try in any match will be in what minute of the game, and the count back will be who will score it, which team will score it. 0800 150 get your entries in. The time. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Our sweepstake is open for a $50 TAB bonus bet, which what minute will the latest try be scored across the entire round of Super Rugby? In what minute? Everyone's guess. I'm trying to find the earliest one. The earliest one. I just see one here. has just come in on text, the 70th minute. So that's the earliest one. Um, If no one gets it exactly, we're going to have to go closest. And if two people get it, we're going to have to go the count back, which is the team that gets it. So 0800 150 811 is the number to call. Um, had quite a few through text, actually. Must be a lot of people working that can't make phone calls. Um, so you can enter by text 8833 or call us on 0800 150 811. Also today, uh, in the next hour, we'll be catching up, a good hour actually, uh, Brett Kamali, former Sharks and New South Wales halfback. Of course, massive matchup between the Warriors and Sharks this weekend. And Mitch McLennigan will be talking a little bit of cricket with us as well. I think this is the last game of the year in New Zealand, for New Zealand, um, against Sri Lanka. Uh, oh, it's in Hamilton. Is it in Hamilton, Sam? I didn't know that. So it's in Hamilton. What's the weather like in Hamilton? Should have asked Bretton Huntley. I'm sure it's going to be okay. Uh, then in the 2 to 3 o'clock hour, Brendan Laney, former Highlander, and, of course, played for Scotland as well. Loves his rugby. He's a great rugby man. Um, a big preview of the Chiefs Blues because he's got no foot in any camp. So get an impartial view. And we'll talk through the other matches with him as well. And also some Formula One, Michael Laminato. He is a writer, a podcaster, a journalist, a commentator for motorsport. Huge passion for the sport. In Melbourne Grand Prix this weekend. It's been a bit of a procession with... Uh, Max Verstappen um, in the first opening rounds. Um, Fernando Alonso defying his age, 41 years of age. 
helping all us old fellas think we can still achieve things at the top level. Uh, Jimmy Smith across the ditch at quarter four. And um, and the coaching votes as well. Uh, we have the Western Conference, two matchups in the Western Conference, two matchups in the Eastern Conference. We're in the Sweet 16. And by the end of today, are we down to eight, Sam? After today, we'll have our eight. So we'll, once it's all done before the end of the show, we'll have. Is there a nickname for the eight? Is the Sweet 16? Oh, it's the Elite Eight. We'll start on Monday. So we're going to have our winner of our greatest coach of all time, or well, the coaching queen or king of the ring. There's still at least one queen. Dame Knowles is still in the hunt. Um, so imagine if we had queen of the ring. That'd be fantastic. And you couldn't argue with it either. She's been a fantastic coach for a long, long time. Uh, more guesses coming in here. Rugby sweepstake. Here's a Moana Pacifica. These are Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. Score, try, and convert it. <laughs> Didn't have to say that, but I'll take it, gopher. Um, mm, 25-0. The Blues had over the Chiefs. Oh, there it is. What about the 25 points to nil when the Blues had over the Chiefs? That's from Slasher and Hamilton. Oh, Chiefs, Slasher, Hamilton. Look, Said, look, I really, you know, for your sake, I want you to be a happy man. I want to... Uh, I want you and Ken to be happy men all the time, but sometimes you have to find happiness in defeat. I'm not saying I hope you do. I feel like the Chiefs might win this one, but I won't be surprised if the Blues do. Uh, Ken's gone the Blues. No surprise there. Uh, Chiefs. Canes, 81st minute. Good guess. Chiefs. I think the most common game people are going into is the Chiefs and the Blues. No one's picked the Crusaders. No one's picked the Reds, the Force, the Rebels. Um, there's more Blues. There's a bit of Hurricanes there as well. So uh, welcome to text in your predictions of what time of the game will the latest try be scored in any game across Super Rugby this weekend. If you get it right and you're the only one, you win. If you tie with someone, we go to the tie break, which will be which team scored it. Be interesting. We'll take new sport and weather, and on the other side of that, more of your calls, more of your entries. You can text them in, double eight double three Tampa Bear Post Text Machine, or call us. We'll keep the lines open up until 1, and then we'll let the people, because I think it's real round up again today, 12 to 1. Uh, so we will let them keep texting in the next half hour as well. Also remind them of the Queen and King of the Ring competition. And also just after one, very much looking forward to catching up with Brett Kamali. What was Brett Kamali's nickname? Uh, well, Noddy. That's it, Noddy. I wonder if he still gets called that now that he's not playing anymore. Righto, uh, we'll take a break for new sport and weather. We'll come back uh, in just a couple of minutes. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Let's go down to the bottom of the North Island, uh, coming to us out of Masterton. Graham. Spot on, mate. How yes. Yes. <laughs> Nearly two years and I've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even said my gender yet either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know how much that, that, that makes me happy. I finally guessed the town you're in. 
Oh, yeah. I'm finally happy that the wind stopped, mate. It was hellish here for the last couple of days. Was it? Didn't want to to take on the drive over the hill? No, no. I was meant to go over yesterday and I said, no, 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 I won't be doing that. Mm, Fair enough, mate. What's your take on the rugby this weekend? Um, I might make Zane cry, actually, and um, go for the Chiefs in the 84th minute. Oh, my goodness. Doozy. The clock's going to be red for eighty, at least 83 minutes. Yeah. What a grandstand game. I tell you what, Super Rugby needs a grandstand game. Yeah, 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 it does. It does. And then, like, you look at a couple of those games, that could be the same situation for a minor Pacific game, um, Fiji Drawer, because the Rebels aren't playing too bad. But um, I think uh, Fiji should just about nudge them over there. But, um, yeah, I think the Hurricanes will be comfortable. Um, and the Reds might surprise the Crusaders. They're a little bit wounded, so as to say. They have a lot of injuries, don't they, the Crusaders? Mm. Yeah, yeah. They might, but the Reds might be um, looking at themselves, thinking this might be an opportunity. But um, I don't know whether they're that, uh, that good, you know. Mm. Yeah, I know. Mm. I, I'd love one of the Aussies, and the Brumbies are quite good. But I'd like three strong Australian teams again, and just really inject some. I think that'd give us interest. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's like any competition, you know. If, uh, if the uh, if the standard is good, you've got a captive audience and uh, and packing out crowds in stadiums. Mm. So what mm. we need, good man, Graham. I got you in Chiefs' eighty fourth minute. Yep, have a good weekend. You too, buddy. Eighty um, fourth minute. That's the latest one we've got. Oh, Staffy, uh, thank you, Ken. Looks like rain for Hamilton tomorrow night. Might keep the Chiefs suffering. Another 25-0 drubbing, and that's a big might. I'll be there. Go the Mighty Blues. Cheers, Ken. Ken, you'd have to be one of the best Blues supporters. Like you and Zade, two of the best Blues supporters. And and I I like people that support their team through through everything. Highs, lows. You haven't had many lows lately, the Blues. You um, you had a good team for a wee while since you took Bowden Barrett off the Hurricanes. Um, Right. We Just Just before we get there, just before we get there, um, I need I need to raise something with you, right? So, you know I'm a massive stats guy. Yes, love a stat. And um, I thought um just in the news break there, why don't I just have a look at last week's game and figure out what the sort of average last try timing is, and let people know you know where each team sets. That might help you know sway people and what they want to choose. So I got on the Super Rugby website, right? And like. Not only is it very hard to navigate, but the stats are terrible. Oh, like I'm tr- so I brought up the Blues Western Force game, and there's a timeline of everything that's happened with no time. <laughs> it's just got rugby balls, goalposts, and then green and red arrows for substitutions with no time on whatever it is. Oh no! So you know this is another thing, and and look, I know people think that I'm just a massive rugby basher, but you know I used to love rugby back in the day. Um, you know, you go on the NRL website, staff, and the stats are just off the charts. You can look at player stats, you can look at team stats. You go into a game, it tells you exactly, you know, what time the tries were scored, who scored them. It tells you the attendance. It says, um, you know, this person's had three play the balls at this ruck speed and four passes with three offers. I mean, that's, I know it's such a trivial thing to talk about, like a good sort of base of stats, but you combine that with things that we've talked about in the past, like, you know, fantasy NRL or fantasy Super Rugby, all that sort of stuff keeps people engaged. 
You know, it, it mm. helps to keep... Like, I go in last night, I, I missed the second half of the um, Roosters-Eels game because I, I just fell asleep. So I woke up this morning, I wanted to see who scored, I wanted to see, you know, at what time, and I wanted to see if, if the position stats changed. And see. It was all there. Within 10 seconds, I could see it, I can read it. Job done. Mm. It's just... It's, I'm just a fus- I'm frustrated that I went there during the news to try and figure that out, and it, I can't. I probably have to go and look. A great app, by the way, Tribe. I'm that, on there now. Yeah, that does list all that stuff. But surely there's a website that holds the stats in a decent format. Well, it's easy thing, to find. When I was doing stuff with Sky, we used to get 16 page report on the week before all that stuff you were looking for, but it was just provided to Sky from Opta. Yes. Yeah. Opta's great. Opta's fantastic. But why can't we get a we website we that's just easy? That's just easy to sort of navigate. Mm. And uh, you know, I, I click on the stats as well, and, and those are um, those are sometimes hard to sort of navigate too. It's just anyway, not user friendly. So unfortunately, people, well, I was I'll trying to bring you. I was I'll tr- do it. Yeah, you do. I was trying to bring you, you know, a, a sort of statistical um, base for you to to judge your, your tries off. Mm. And uh, I wasn't able to bring it to you, so right. I failed. Crusaders Brumbies last week. Uh, Crusaders scored a try in the 78th minute. Okay. Uh, then we go to the <clears throat> Come On Tribe. We're saying what? Are, here we go. Uh, facts only. The last try, Chiefs scored in the 76th minute. Mm-hmm. So we've got a 78 and a 76. Highlanders drew up. The last try was scored in the 79th minute. Ooh. <laughs> Hurricanes, well, it will be the Hurricanes. Their last try, 80th minute. Oh, dear. Um, Rebels, Reds, last try was scored in the 69th minute. There we go. And it's a high-scoring game, 40-34. Mm-hmm. happen. last try was in the 69th minute. Uh, Blues Force, last try was 77th minute to the Force. And even though the Blues won, is that it? That's it. So 69th, everything else was sort of 75 or later. Yep. 174 and the rest was 75 or there later. There you go. Ooh, it's exciting. Um, rain tomorrow night. I hope it's not rain. I'm going to have, a, have to have a look at the forecast. But it's March Madness. Oh, I tell you, they're starting to tune in from America. Are they? Mm. Oh, I did see a spike in the numbers from America, as well as India, funnily mm. enough. Random spike in India, but happy to have them along. Um, That's all because of the Greg Popovich ousting yeah. and the Brenda McCullum survival. We actually had two Hall of Fame oustings, didn't we? Because we had... Popovich? And there was a football one yesterday, wasn't there? Um, Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger, was it? Yeah, he had been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay, so uh, in the Western Conference today, we've got so we've got four match uh, matchups across this afternoon. So in the Western Conference, Phil Jackson, the number four seed, the man who wore bare feet, taught his uh, team how to do yoga, gave them CDs <laughs> and books to read over the off season, um, going up against the nineteenth seed, Craig Bellamy. Oh, belly ache. Mm. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, I think uh, Bellamy regional was... bias will come into this one. Yeah, Bellamy seeded 19th. Too high. Um, so he got into the sweet 16 mm-hmm. with, with an upset. And Phil Jackson, just just the coaching guru, seeded four. So Jackson or Bellamy? Oh, that's tough, man. That's tough. I, yeah. I'm going to need some time to think about that one. Then the uh, Eastern Conference. A Kiwi legend, Arthur Lydia, 
going up against another Kiwi legend, Sir Gordon Titchens, 3v13 seeding-wise. And, uh, well, that one could go either way, Steph. Well, Sir Gordon Titchens in the opening round, an uh, unbelievable performance beating Sir Steve Hansen, if mm. I remember. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was the Battle of the Sirs. But now it's Arthur Lydiard who should be a Sir. Well, the thing is that, you know, Sir Gordon Titchens, and now that he's into the Sweet 16, you'll uh, you'll see his game plan open up a little bit. That's mm. a team that's known for uh, fitness, obviously. He's here for the long haul. He, he, plays, he plays the full four quarters. Um, and, you know, going up against Arthur Lydiard, who you could argue is also known for his fitness um, and what he brings to the table there. Arthur Lydiard, hard to deal with, though, as an opponent because he's a little bit eclectic. Mm. You know, he's one of those teams that you don't really know what you're getting. Sort of like a Warriors. Head of his time. Some would say. So, look, that's going to be a titan battle. And whoever makes it through to the Elite Eight, um, the question that is on everyone's lips, and I saw a report from ESPN today, uh, is how long can the run last? I know. You know, how long can you keep churning out those performances you know Um, interesting thing about Sir Gordon Titchens I'm emceeing a uh, fundraiser in a couple of months yep Sir Gordon Titchens guest speaker ooh what are you going to ask him how does it feel to beat Arthur Lydian in the Sweet 16? <laughs> <laughs> yep. He beat Steve. If he he beat Steve Hansen, he'd take a tick with that. Would you? Would you actually like? Let's say he does beat Arthur. Lydian. Would you? Would you bring that up? Would you say hundred percent? Oh, that's great. It's like, a Q and A. Well, record that on your phone, and we'll play that out on air because that'll be amazing. Mm. What else are you asking? Going to ask him? Um, if he got joy out of watching his players vomit at the end of his fitness sessions? Sure. There's some great stories. There, yep. there is some, like one of my favourite training stories of his was he would um, run them to hell, run the house. He got five minutes put in, put in, put in, five minutes put in, and they they're absolutely broken, and they come together for the team huddle to discuss it. And he goes, "Boys, it's all tied up. Extra time. We're going another five. Oh, and no. they and they've just completely emptied the tanks, and then they have to go for another five. And he's and he could spy if someone wasn't. You know, yep, pulling away absolutely everything, and he did it three times. They had to go five again and five again. Gee, he sounds like Herb Brooks. Oh. Um, didn't he? I remember hearing a story, and this might have been actually when I was in high school, just out of high school. I heard a story of um, him going into the Silver Ferns camp and making them do a, a bit of fitness and having them all in tears and spewing up. <laughs> so he had, he just he's ruthless. He doesn't care who it is. Completely ruthless. Yeah, he has no lens. It's just uh, hard work. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and he's got a. Um, Legends clothing label now. Huh. Remember, he was at the Boys High um, broadcast we did from the grandstand at the Slog Sweep. Yeah, he uh, was. Gordon Titchens made all the uniform forms for. That's both right, things. he did. Yeah, yeah, the great man, Titch. Yeah, Titch. Okay, well, I'm inter- uh, you know interested to hear um, that that evening. If you want to record some little grabs, that'd I be will. fantastic. Oh, I'll just say um, just while I'm here, and you just be completely open about. It. I'm just going to leave my phone on your lap there, Gordon. Although, wasn't there someone recently who got really annoyed? They spoke in an event. And the audio ended up, or, or like a news story was made out of what they said at a private event. They were quite upset. Well, there was the very famous one where Steve Williams was speaking at an event and said Phil Mickelson was a dick. Yeah. And then someone let it out and Steve said, look, that's, what do you call it? Uh, Chatham House Rules. Yeah. And what stays in here? And I've done it a couple of times at an event you speak at and you mm. think, gee, should I tell this? Yeah, well, because generally they're quite open at those things because they probably think, you know, mm. it's just a couple of corporates and, uh, mm. you know, charity event, whatever it is, and it stays within these four walls. But, yeah, I remember someone getting annoyed that something got leaked out of a 
out of an event recently. Might have been Shag or wasn't Smithy singing at the? Well, uh, he, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's, that's still that's still touchy. That's still touchy. Actually, yeah, we're, we're not allowed to talk about that. No, on air. No. Um, so get your votes in Jackson or Bellamy, Lydiard or Titchens. Double eight, double three, Temper Bear, Post, King or Queen, Coaching, King of the Ring. That's where we're at. We'll have a break. We're going to keep counting votes. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Um, I'm trying to find for you, uh, and I think I found it. The Valero Texans, uh, Texas Open, where Ryan Fox is having his warm-up event for the Masters next week. My, oh my, that's going to be amazing. The Masters having a Kiwi in there it just adds to the flavour, doesn't it? Uh, so the leaderboard looks like they've all finished. Oh, no, there's half the field have finished. So clubhouse leaders, there's four of them. Gosh, it's a blast from the past. Matt Kuchar, Padre Harrington, Robert Diaz. My goodness, and MJ Defoo. I don't know who MJ Defoo is, but they're the ones that are finished in the in the shed. Uh, scrolling down, trying to find our man. Uh, Ricky Fowler's two under. Um, there's actually 24 players within two of the lead, so it's pretty tight at the top of the leaderboard. And I'm still scrolling. Come on, champion! And I'm still scrolling. Oh, and I'm down to the even with the cards now. I know he was one over through five. He is. There he is. Three over through 11. So he's got some ground to make up, hasn't he? He bogeyed the first and the sixth. Double bogeyed par five, which is sacrilege for Foxy. He'll be very disappointed in that, but he's birdied the 10th. Currently playing 12, two par fives to come. So he's currently three over. Prediction, he'll finish one over. There's my prediction. He'll birdie both the par fives, I hope. I hope. So Foxy uh, currently in 118th, but a long way to go. And um, But, geez, how good's the Masters going to be having Ryan Fox over there? I'm imagining Adam Scott will be playing with Steve Williams on the bag as well. So there'll be some New Zealand uh, connections in the clubhouse as well. Uh, Moana Pacifica Highlanders has had a few more interests for the last try scorer. So just a reminder that the games are Moana Pacifica against the Highlanders. Reds, Crusaders. Don't think we've had any in that yet. None on the phone. Might have had some in the text. Captain Case um, getting all of the text questions together. Drua Rebels, the Drua certainly had some. Uh, Chiefs Blues, most people are into that because it's is it the closest price game of the weekend? Uh, it's exactly the same as the Drua Rebels, Chiefs Blues. Chiefs Blues, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Uh, Brumbies Waratahs and uh, the Hurricanes and the Force. And remember the Force scored their last try, <coughs> scored their last try in the Blues games last, last week. So a roughie could in fact do it. Could in fact do it, and I'm still staring at the Show Me The Money multi we've got running this weekend. Alex Johnson to score a try, we've got. Katoni Staggs to score a try. Denver Nuggets, that's today, isn't it? Denver Nuggets, so we'll keep an eye on that. I don't know what time that starts. It's probably not far away. The Denver Nuggets, they have to beat uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, and of course Captain K got that guess through uh, AI on his Snapchat, Snapchat app. 
God help me. And Mark Twain, top four at the Randwick races. That was in the Australian Derby. It's at 2.30, so our, our listeners up to win $494.35. Uh, Garda Fairland, come on the Nuggets today. Keep us alive. We will take a break. We'll come back and we'll preview what's still to come on the afternoons of Staffy in association with Gull. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Righto, still to come uh, straight after the news at one. If you've got any questions for the great man Brett Kamali, also known as Noddy, uh, do feel free to text them through on double eight double three. Of course, uh, Cronulla, New South Wales, Kangaroo stalwart, great analyst of the game as well. How does he see the matchup between the Sharks and the Warriors and a couple of other games as well? Um, good NRL man is Brett Kamali. So any questions you'd like me to put to him, do feel free. Double eight, double three, and I'll put as many of them as I can to him. And also for Mitch McLennigan, for the cricket lovers out there, feel free to text through some questions for him as well. Love to get your questions to our guests. He'll be just after the one thirty news, will Mitch? So, rugby league and cricket will be featuring in the next hour of the show, and still get your text votes through. We've got Phil Jackson versus Craig Bellamy as the best coach of all time. And we've also got Arthur Lydiard versus Sir Gordon Titchens. We're looking for the Elite Eight. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Yes, you hear a bit of disco today. You go on Twitter, call me a DJ. And I've never been a DJ, but hey, let's spin some discs today. Uh, some good disco from the 70s and 80s. So the car wash actually had its own dance, the car wash. Uh, so there you go. Hey, uh, if you've just been to the Rural Roundup, welcome back nationwide to the SENZ Afternoons. You've got a bit of work, a bit of catch-up to do, new listeners. Um... Two text messages from you, please, onto double eight double three, Temple Bear Post text machine. The sweepstake, we're going to keep it open for another half hour. It's which minute will the latest try be scored across the whole round of Super Rugby? So most people have gone 75 to 80th minute. Okay, so the latest any try will be scored in Super Rugby across the weekend. So text that through, and also, as a tiebreaker, which team? If we need it, we'll find out which team. And the other thing to do is we are in the coaching queen and king of the ring, who's the greatest coach, any code. We took nominations a couple of weeks ago. We had a round of 32 last week. We're in the sweet 16. Today's ones, the first ones, Phil Jackson versus, uh, versus Craig Bellamy, fourth seed against the 19th seed. So Jackson or Bellamy against Arthur Lydiard and Sir Gordon Titchens. So Jackson or Bellamy, Lydiard or Titchens, text those through as well on double eight double three. But we're going to talk the great game, and it's very much talked about whether the Warriors are winning, drawing or losing, but if 
thankfully they're in a on a bit of a heater when it comes to form at the moment and it is a great pleasure to welcome in a Cronulla Sharks legend by the name we know him very well Brett Kamali joins us now g'day Brett Afternoon. Oh, morning. What time is it over here? How are we going? Yeah, no, afternoon here, morning for you. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. I got confused because I was listening to you talk about when was the last try for Super Rugby score, and I didn't know you scored try. It blew me away. <laughs> Jeez, nice early dig. Nice early dig. I love that, mate. Hey, uh, the the... In RL so far, just the competition this year so far has got so many cool stories. Like, of course, we're a little bit biased, but the one New Zealand Warriors have had a fantastic start to the season. But you add in the Dolphins, the resurgence of the Broncos, uh, the Medlings at the bottom of the table with Wests and the trouble there. It, it's it's a competition that gives us so many stories, Brett. It always does, yeah. It's a great game, every league. It just keeps creating stories and headlines. And uh, as you said, it's... Um it's a great start this season. 17th team coming into the competition. They're successful from the start. They've got the super coach coaching them. They caught some upsets. And the Brisbane Broncos, as you said, the last few years have recruited well every year. And then they get Reese Walsh back from the Warriors. And he's a he's a superstar, Reese Walsh. And he's that sort of X-factor play they need. And it's nice that you know, the Broncos and the Dolphins have created that sort of local derby of the arch enemies there in Brisbane. Because to have Brisbane in one team in that sort of that space for so long, it was probably a little bit unfair when we have eight teams stuck in Sydney competing for market share of sponsors and sharing players. So yeah, they were pretty privileged there for a long while and I think it's um, it's a good change. And Andrew Webster, I think, is doing a wonderful job for, for the Warriors. I think they look fit, they're disciplined, he's coming out of the Penrith system, which one, would have taught him some really good things about attack and two, would have taught him some really, really good things about defence because they've won some grand finals on the back of great defensive efforts. And the attitude or the... Um, the willingness to play football last year, last week, sorry, from Sean Johnson was the best I've seen for a long, long time. So he's obviously got buy-in from the senior players and the good senior and the good group of players. And um, I think if the Warriors are going great, it's really exciting for rugby league. They haven't, in all honesty, been too consistent or too good for a number of years. So I see some real positive signs for the Warriors. Yeah, you touched on Sean Johnson. Obviously, he plays the same position in the halves as, as you did, and it's such a welcome to see the old or glimpses of the old Sean Johnson. The step, the running to the line. He's he's standing up defensively as well. Um, it's really important when you've got a player of uh, that potential and that class and proven ability from the past to come back at the age of thirty-one. Um, he looks like he's flying to me. He does, yeah. He looks like he's fit, you know. And I think, you know, the Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers have been the benchmark for five to probably ten years. And the key to that would probably be fitness would be the start of all that. You work hard and you put the effort in and you feel confident in the game. As you said, he's toughening up defensively. Um, he was always a super talented player. You know, some of the tries that Sean Johnson has scored in his career, no other player could do. The chips, the kicking game. He's got, he, as you said, he's got it all. It was just a matter of everything being in sync on the same day. Um, but he's got buy-in from that. Uh, as you said, he's 31 years of age, so for a halfback, he's got multiple years to go. Um, you know, he's obviously gone away from the Warriors and come back there now. As you said, he played for the Cronulla Sharks for a number of years. I think he got the Cronulla Sharks Player of the Year one year in his time there, so he was very good for them as well. He returned home and probably a lot happier at home. I think he's got a couple of children now, and he gets a chance to, to create what his legacy stands for. He's one of the best players in the world, I think so you know he's done everything. Probably that premiership is the one thing that excludes him. And um, you know the Warriors have shown great signs. Um, I'm actually on the golf course with Mr. Paul Sheridan, so I'm sure his son is having some impact over there as well and, and going extremely well. So um, 
you know, I, I think there's good signs. If Sean Johnson's playing good for the Warriors, then everyone's really, really happy. If Sean Johnson's probably playing bad for the Warriors, then, you know, you're probably copying a fair bit of bad media or it's a little bit of pressure on Sean. So, you know, it's, you know, obviously involved in, in a pathways in the women's side with Tigers, but I'm seeing exactly the same thing that happens. But now that the Tigers are struggling and Luke Brooks is under a fair bit of pressure and, um, you know, it, it just creates un, an un, well, unhappy environment that makes puts pressure on every week and then all of a sudden you can't go out there and just relax and play footy. So it looks like Sean's enjoying his football at the moment. Now, I, I do understand you're on the golf course. If you have to just hit a, you know, a, a soft, high, faded eight iron into the 12th or whatever hole you're on, just tell me, look, I just need to put the phone down and have a shot so I don't want to hold up your group. Okay. Well, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful of this phone call allowing me to finish game somewhere there. Uh, carry clips or Cape Kidnappers on your card, if possible. <laughs> we can sort that. We can sort that. Yeah, we have we have got good golf courses. Just as a half, um, I think one of the reasons Sean's going so well is Tamari Martin is Wade Egan. Um, our middles are doing well. Our centres are finally um, have worked out how to play defensively. So for the last couple of years, Sean Johnson's played with a spot light on him and it's like you have to sort it you have to sort it he's now got really good deputies around him so as a half that must just just must ease so much pressure off you 100% yeah if you feel like you're isolated it means you feel like you're defending bigger space you're not working with your combinations around you um, so you're right I think it's very very important the, the good clubs that have been consistent have probably had similar rosters for a long long time and you know for a halfback to be really good he needs to have the back rower inside him be a really good uh, edge defender know how to put pressure on his centre also is in sync with him and his winger as well. So it's a difficult position to defend at the edge of the line. You get all the questions asked at you. You have the back rollers generally running hard at your inside shoulder. You know, what one do you have to take? Do you got the pullback out the back? Um, but you're right. Tamara Martin is a really good ball for him. Um, more as a ball-playing opportunity as well, because Tamara, I, I coached him actually at the Holden Cup here in the West Tigers a long, long time ago and was outstanding. So I'm, I'm glad he's come back to the game and you know gets to return home and play 5-8 for the Warriors because... Sean needs help because if Sean generally is the only seven on the field and there's no genuine threat from the nine and the six is not a threat and the, and the outside backs aren't doing stuff, then everyone just goes, well, Sean's the main man. We're just going up on him and there's no room for him to play. And then everyone goes, well, Sean's not creating any attacking options. So it's right. It's a 17-man sport now. The competition has been great this year because the depths have been ripped apart from some of the strong clubs and it makes the, the middle clubs or the bottom clubs be able to win on every game. So, you know, I love the competition this year. Um, we've seen Parramatta, who played in the grand final last year, have gone um, one from one win and four losses to start the competition. Mm. But that, that doesn't happen very often for a grand final side. It doesn't. Um, if, if I could organise a game for you at Carrie Cliffs, could you tell me how we can stop Nico Hines? Uh, good luck on Sunday. Yeah, he was, was on fire. You know what you need to do? You need to present a defensive line because what the Dragons presented for him the other day was just indicators for him to know who to pass the ball to. Go long, play short, run through them. The Dragons had 50 minutes in it and that suited Nico to get back on the on the track. But, you know, for Cronulla, it is effectively all about Nico Hines. You know, their forwards lay a good platform for him and he gets the majority of the ball. So, um, if if the Warriors are going to win on the weekend, it means Nico has had a very quiet afternoon. Um, Shark Park, I think, will... Points that stadium will be extremely full as well. I expect that to be a full house, even though it's a limited capacity at the moment. Um, but you're right. You know, they'll, they'll grit each other out in the forwards. They'll match each other. It's just probably a matter if Nico has a day out, you probably don't win. If you can control Nico and he, you know, and he kicks the ball and passes and doesn't have any try assists, then the Warriors probably come away on, on Sunday afternoon with an upset. 
What's the potential of Nico Hines? Like, he's gone to Cronulla, he's the big guy in town. He was at Melbourne and made the move, uh, which I think was a, an inspired move to, to be a leader in the team. He's only 26. Uh, is the sky the limit for what he can achieve in the game? 100%. Dalian winner last year. As you said, he's coming out of the Melbourne Storm system. He's been well coached. He's followed Pappenhaus and Billy Slater, done some work down there. He's followed Munster around in that 5'8 position. Uh, he's certainly world-class and showed that last year with the first year. He was also an outstanding young prospect. I think he won a Holden Cup competition for Manly in 5'8 position. So 5'8's not new for him. And I think 5'8 and fullback are very, very similar. So, you know, if Cronulla do go on and potentially win a grand final, Nico is probably going to be that person that um, that is there. I think Cronulla need to help him a little bit. I think they're one or two players short of... Yeah, one or two players short of... Um, of that grand final position. I, I remember watching Cronulla play in the semi-final last year. You know, I, I think I commentated the South Roosters game that opened the Allianz Stadium and it was ridiculous, the atmosphere and the noise in the stadium and the physicality. And then Cronulla played South a week later and it was a matter of every team that won a semi-final last year and probably the team that won the grand final just had more superstars in their side mm. than the team that was playing. So, you know, Cronulla really didn't even get in the semi-final race against South Sydney because South Sydney had... Um, four or five but more superstars where Cronulla have got really some hard toilers and untung heroes that work hard for them, but they've really only got Nico Hines as that superstar. So they probably got caught short with needing to assist Nico and have one or two other, you know, representative players helping him out. And finally, I just wanted to touch on the Dolphins. I think they're a remarkable story with the master coach, as you say, who incidentally is our number one seed and our greatest coach of all time, as nominated by Kiwis. So held in very high regard. How long can this Cinderella story continue for the Dolphins? Yeah, I think they'll struggle a bit now. Sean O'Sullivan doing his pack, I think, out for about six to eight weeks. And Sean's that genuine number seven game organiser. So... Um, Milford will come in, Katoa will come in. They're just sort of ball-running number sixes, so they lose that bit of game management. So um, they'll have to sort of manufacture that over the next few weeks. Um, Kafusi's out for a few more weeks yet because of that charge, and obviously depth's their big issue. So they'll probably um, maybe not struggle because Wayne's very clever on defensive principles, penalties conceded, and high completion rate. So they won't beat themselves too often, um, but it's just a matter of are they good enough to beat some really quality sides. So... Um, you know, the fact they started so well will keep them in, 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 in the middle of the pack over the next few weeks if they battle. But um, I, thought, I thought they wouldn't win many games. I thought they'd finish 15th, 16th this year. So what they've already achieved has been pretty special. Now, we're going to let you go get back to your golf. Are you playing match play against Paul Surinan or is it just a stroke play friendly game? No, no, we're just playing a corporate day for an Ambrose, four ball Ambrose. It's Shannon Glenn and our West Pathway system and Jess Bygate, um, I think she's a, actually she's a Kiwi. She was a basketball player um, for, for the Olympics or Com Games for you guys. She works in our pathways for the women's program. So we're doing a charity day out here for um, Yellow Umbrella, it's called. So we're just supporting our Western community for Sydney. Magnificent. All right, uh, Noddy, uh, really appreciate you chatting to us today. Uh, go low today. Thank you, buddy. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Brett Kamali there, wonderful Cronulla kangaroo uh, blues halfback. Really interesting, eh? Like, we all sort of think you've got to shut down Nico Hines, and he sort of franked that as well, Sammy, that Nico Hines is the is the key um, to stop, really. Well, it probably shows in the fact as well that um, whilst the Sharks have sort of been going okay to start the season, they, they turned out the performance of the round last round against the Dragons, and yep, the Dragons aren't great. Um, I sort of had them as the wooden spooners. I think, given the scores have been so tight, it showed how much of an impact Nico Hines made. And 
like seriously, people were predicting that he was going to come in, be a little bit rusty. He hasn't played since the All-Star game. He's had the injury. Take him a while to get back into it. Nah, straight back into his work. Um, look, I, I play fantasy in a row. He completely blitzed the field last week and everyone didn't, no one had him in their team. Now he's worth a million bucks. No one can bring him in. So <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he, he's such a massive part. He's a Dalian winner. He, he's only getting better. And the Sharks, you know, on the whole, I, I mean, you look at them on paper, to me, they, they don't statistically sort of stack up with Penrith and South Sydney and, and the Roosters, etc. But they're just really good as a team, like the Cowboys. Mm. And Nico Hines is such a big sort of gel in that in that back line. So, did you read that he's asked for a twenty year contract at Cronulla? Nico Hines. Yeah, I haven't read that. It's yeah. a big contract. He wants a twenty year contract. Um, it says here the twenty six year old. He originally signed a three year deal uh, with six hundred thousand a year. Yeah. Um, after making the move from the Storm, and he's free to negotiate with rivals from November one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just gone to Cronulla and says, I want 20 years, which signals his intention. He wants to get into coaching when he's finished. I see. It also shows he's really happy with Cronulla. Mm. It's not a threat. He's no. like, just give me 20 years. I never want to leave here. I love it. Wow. And his half partner, Matt Moylan. Yeah. I remember about, would it be three or four years ago, he was the next big thing, wasn't he? Yeah. He, he was the next big thing, and he yeah. doesn't really get the press anymore. No, not really, and, and Moylan's not, um, I'm trying to think of a comparison from some of the other teams, he's, he's one of those halves where on his own, he's not going to do anything, but alongside someone like a Nico Hines, it's just the perfect match, mm. um, so you know he does his role well, he allows Nico, he takes a bit of pressure off Nico Hines, um, which you talked about with Brett, what Sean Johnson now has with Tamari Martin. Once again, Tamari Martin on his own is not going to blow a game apart and isn't going to be the number one half in the competition, but alongside a good you know, ball runner, kicker, etc., it's the perfect complement. Mm. And so they've got that. The Sharks, like I said, Steph, on paper, 1v1, one, one one, that they're not, uh, they don't look like a premiership team, but when you add them all together and you see how they play as a unit, that they're going to be one of the best in the comp. So very, very tough game for the Warriors on Sunday. Um, calling it with Kempe here Sunday evening. Um, but it, it's going to be very, very hard. Uh, do I think the Warriors can do it? Of course I do. Given what they've shown us through the first five, four rounds, 100% they can get the job done. But it's a big ask, especially at Shark Park with a firing Nico Hines. It'll be close, though. Let's mm. hope it's close. I'll say a, a, a tour or a four-pointer in it. You know, ask us. Our little yes. thing, ask us. Yep. Chat, have you seen that um, the SEN League show yes. in Australia? They've mm. stolen. They've stolen it. What have they done? They asked Chat GPT uh, oh. for the greatest rugby league team of all time. Really? Mm. What they come up with? Do you want the team? Yeah, I almost want to try and guess what oh, it's come I, I up. I tell with. you what, don't look it up. No, I haven't. I haven't. You no. have a guess. Okay. I uh, will give you a clue. Mm. Okay. Uh, How far back does it go? Well. The fullback is Clive Churchill. Oh, dear. But, okay, I'm probably not going to do very well then. Um, I think you, you might get the centres, the 5'8", the halfback. Actually, no, there's there's quite a few recents, and there's a few olds. Uh, Wally Lewis and... Have a think, take a break, and we'll come back and we'll dissect that. Okay. Okay. Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Right, we're quizzing Sam, and it's not really fair because there's a few few older players involved in here. But first question, Sam, how do you spell Nico? As in Nico Hines? Nicho, N-I-C-H-O. Yeah, I yeah. spelled it wrong before. Oh, really? How tall is he? Uh, he's quite tall. Uh, he's a big surfer. I'm going to go 1.87. 1.87? 1. 
1.88. Oh, damn, that was close. What's his weight? He's relatively slender. I'm going to say 88. 90. Oh. <laughs> uh, and he's 26 and he was born? In like a, like begins with W, does it? Well, New South Wales. Oh, okay. Uh, but Gosford. Gosford, okay. Um, who did he first sign with? The NYC uh, team. Well, um, Noddy was just talking about Manly. Mm, Manly. Yeah. Yep. And then he went signed to the by Storm. the Manly in 2015 before spending the next two seasons at, with the Mackay Cutters. Oh, well, he's got a great story, yeah, because he was playing like uh, basically like Division 2. Mm, and he was know? a teacher aide at Mackay Primary School. Yeah, he was basically Division 2 and worked his way. And he's got quite an inspirational story, too, with his, with his mother. And that's worth, you know, checking out on YouTube. Um, and I almost think the Storm might have been able to keep him, Steph, because... Obviously, their, their big issue was they had Munster and Hughes. They were the long-term halves, and they had Pappenhausen. So was there really room for Nico Hines? And he got his start when Pappenhausen went down injured, mm. um, and he killed it. But I reckon they could have kept them somehow. So that surely they could have slotted them in somewhere. And, I mean, Pappenhausen has made a glass now. Um, but they didn't know that at the time, and Nico nah. was just like yeah, – and Melbourne, they didn't try and stop it. They're just like, yeah, you're a, you're well, a starter for any other you get team. Off, you get offered a starting half position at another team with good money. You, you're hardly going to say no to that. You mm-hmm. know, 600000 a year. He's a million-dollar player now. For uh, sure. On Gee, M, you, you're a million-dollar player. Look at Roger. Mm, righto. So they have uh, picked their um, – and now I've lost it. Chat GPT has. Yeah, Chat GPT has picked the greatest mm. – um, rugby league, rugby league team of all time. Where did I find? Oh yeah, I remember. I wonder if it's I just pulled that. it off like an article somewhere, whether it's genuinely thought of it itself. Um, you know what I mean? Like maybe they just. I do just know found what you mean. I do know what you mean. Um, but see how you go. And of course, I've gone and lost it. I don't think I'm going to do very well because I think there's going to be guys I've never heard of before. So, um, start at the fullback. Yes, yeah, start at fullback. Um, well, I know, look, a lot of people talk about Billy as being the greatest fullback of all time. Um, well, I will tell you, Billy's on the bench. So he's okay. in the team. He, so he's not the fullback. Who else would you put as the Very, crew? very old. Oh, okay. Nah. He's got if, an award named after him. Uh, Played for what? Central Newcastle, South Sydney and Norths. Uh, he's got the, a medal named after him. What's the State of Origin medal called? Nah, don't know. Clive Churchill. Oh, of course. Well, not of course. I mean, I didn't know that he played fullback, but mm. yeah. Uh, okay. Wings, both very old. Um, if they're old, I know um, Ken Irvine has the try scoring record, so I'm going to say he's, he's probably one. he's one of them. I don't know who's the other. I've never heard of the other one. Brian Bevan, never heard of nah. him. Double B. Centers, I back you to get one, maybe two. Old or give me an error. Um, well, one of them, his son played for St George. So that'd be thirty years before him, and he hasn't oh, okay. played for ten. Nah. So it's nah. a long time ago. Nah. That's Reg Gaznier. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, Mark Gaznier. <laughs> yeah. Gaz. Uh, and the other one, very well known. He's been uh, in fight for life. Uh, trying to remember who he fought, Flavel. Well, I'm just thinking old because I'm so my mind's just thinking so. Okay, recent. so the other centre, he's still in the game. He's still heavily involved in the game. Oh right, so he's not a player. He, he, was, he was a player. No, but he's not a player now. Not a player so now. So he's a coach. No, no, no. Hasn't um, played for 20 years. Boomfa. There's a clue. Boomfa. Nah. Arm guard. Nah, I'm not going to get it. I'm Issue not going to Canberra. It. Oh. Uh, uh, Mel Meninga. Mel Meninga. Okay. 5'8". Uh, okay. Um, JT. Jonathan Thurston. Nope. Oh. Um, oh, Wally Lewis will be Wally one of them. Wally Lewis, 5'8", um, half back. And the other one's got to be Joey. 
Joey Johns, okay. correct. The immortal. There you go. Got two there. Um, props. Um, absolute icon of the game is one of them from Queensland. Nah, see, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get the front, the, the like the forwards because there's just been so many throughout so many you will. eras. You will. Okay. So one uh, of the props. One of the props. Queensland legend. Early, early, early state of origin days. Like uh, the first game. Oh. Captain. Oh, no, you can't do that to me. No, I don't think. It's 86, isn't it? Arthur Beetson. Oh, okay. And Duncan Hall. Never yeah, heard people, of him. People probably should be aware, Steph, you know, because they pro- probably think because I'm a commentator, you know, I, I fully accept that my rugby league knowledge really only goes back to, gee, even probably only the last 15 years, you know, okay. like I, yeah, before 2005, I'm, I was a youngin' and I just don't really, it doesn't really go back that far. Uh, second row. Yep. Um... You won't get Ron Coote. No. Uh, but you might get the other one, another very old one. He's one of the blokes on the statues. Uh, one of the statues uh, of, on the, top um, of the trophy. So yep. it's either Pro- Proven or Summons. It's I don't... Norm Proven. Okay. Uh, Locke. Again, Sun played. No. Johnny Raper. Okay. Hooker. You'll get that. Oh, Cam Smith. Cam Smith. Yep. That's the And then the other the bench players. So you've got Billy Slater. Yep. Now, all the others. Would be within the last 20 years, 15 years. Mm, I'll give you okay. their clubs. Yes. Jersey 14, play for Penrith in Sydney. Ah, uh, Freddie. Freddie Fitler, correct. Mm-hmm. Jersey 16, played for Melbourne. Uh, we've said Billy Slater. Oh, it's, it's different to Billy. Oh, Billy Slater. Sorry, yes, yeah, you okay. did get yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And the last one, won't give you a club, but I would say was just a... Freakish try scoring forward. Can you get it on that? War headgear. <laughs> That's not Troy Troy Croker or Jason um, Croker. Yes. Um, Sometimes appeared on the footy show. Uh, always uh, wore his headgear. Uh, Beaver Menzies. Beaver Menzies. Yeah. Yeah. The run home with okay. Kirsten Beef. That's a hard. That's um. Gee, that's a, that's quite. You'd have to be a real rugby league nuffy to get that. I reckon to get all well, of them. Boy, would you? Yeah. I'd like to do one. I wonder if we can get Captain K to do a chat GPT, uh, the greatest rugby league team post 2000 or something like that. Yeah. Or, post or, or hey, let's do like a All Blacks or a, you know, and see how many of that you get from mm. chat GPT. Mm. You know, per the Should we do that? We've got yeah. a bit of space today somewhere. I'll, I'll see if we can slot it in. We'll slot it in. Yeah. We'll slot it in. Um, and after the news, I think we, oh, we're going to talk some cricket. Of course, we're going to talk some cricket, and that is with great man Mitch McLennigan. Uh, text me through if you're in Hamilton, please. I need a weather update too before we get to Mitch. So if you're in Hamilton, you're listening, please. Waikato people, what's weather doing in Hamilton? And we're going to get a start on time in half an hour. We'll take news now, and on the other side, Mitch McLennigan talking to cricket. Yes, welcome back in, and of course the Black Caps will wind up their home summer uh, with a game in Hamilton, which is starting in 25 minutes. Um, haven't had a text. Oh, cracker of a day in Hamilton. Warm, hot and sunny. This is Chris. He's gardening with his shirt off. Thank you, Chris. Hopefully keeping his shirt on. Actually, no, get your, get your rig out, Mitch McLennigan. Welcome in. <laughs> Mate, tell a very good times. I tell you what, when you play a tour against Sri Lanka and New Zealand this time of year, it's uh, bloody good times for for the Kiwis, mate. It's, uh, it's easy pickings, isn't it? 
It is, it is. It was a bit of a shame we got rained out last time, but um, she's a fairly depleted lineup for us with a few guys um, taking off early. Uh, how are we going to be affected? Uh, not very much. I wouldn't have thought, to be fair. Like, uh, if it was a better side that we were playing against, I, I'd imagine that, um, you know, you'd be a little bit more concerned. But, I mean, Sri Lanka showed that, you know, they had one game where they could foot it at us in the Test Series where... where I thought we played pretty poorly, barring Kane, obviously, and um, and then they just couldn't couldn't handle our conditions um, from then on. So, particularly any any side, a few changes in the one day side, they get put at Eden Park, mate. Um, no touring side goes well there. Out of all the three grounds that they would have played in, in this tour, Hamilton's probably going to suit them the most. It's uh, going to be a touch slower than you would than the other two grounds that they've played at. Uh, so a little bit less bounce. But that being said, mate. Um, uh, the Sri Lankan side in our conditions, if we were playing in their conditions, they'd be a world-class side. Um, but in our conditions, they're, they're probably probably a first-class side, a good first-class side at the minute. So, boys should be fine. Yeah, I'm just wondering about the Sri Lankan state of mind. It looks like, um, I don't know if they win this one, whether they're going to get enough points to automatically qualify mm. for the World Cup. Um, th- th- there's a lot on the line for them, but <clears throat> do they look interested? Um, well, look, uh, look, I don't know. I know when, when two, uh, teams come to New Zealand, they seem to enjoy New Zealand, being out and being able to just walk about without being, getting fronted by the public all the time. There's a bit more freedom, so that comes into play, when, particularly when you get subcontinent teams come to New Zealand. But there's a bit on the line, mate. There's, there's a couple of guys, Dustin Shanika, who's been playing really good cricket, who's, who's probably if one performance away from getting picked up as a replacement for the IPL. A couple of those other boys are as well. So, you know, as individuals, there's there's a lot to play for. I, I believe they had to win the Series 3-0 um, to, to, to qualify automatically. So that might be out the window, but it might be something taken into account with that, that game being rained off. Uh, but, yeah, look, I, I, there's individual basis, I think, but I think that's the problem with subcontinent teams, right? When, when the Series looks like it's gone, which I guess they're not going to win it and not going to qualify straight away. They do tend to play like individuals, which can also be a downfall. I can tell you Sri Lanka has just won the toss. They're going to have a bat. Um, Dananjaya De Silva is in for Dilshan Madhushankar, as expected. And Tom Latham says he would have bowled first anyway, so why did they even toss a coin? Um, Tom Blunder and Henry Nichols come in for Finn Allen and Glenn Phillips. Henry Nichols gets another go. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's talk of the town, right? It's talk of the town. <laughs> You've got a couple of guys that perform in for Central District. So he's, every format, he's under pressure, and, and rightfully so, mate. He's, uh, he hasn't, barring that 200, where he got twice, dropped twice before, before getting to 100, he hasn't, hasn't done anything recently. And, and we're preparing for a, for a, a one-day World Cup in the subcontinent, um, and his, his stats against spin are horrendous. So I, I, I'm surprised that they are going to open with Blundell. I know that he plays and opens um, in domestic cricket for Wellington, but they've obviously brought him into the side to see what he can do against uh, against bowlers who, or good bowlers of spin um, as a backup for, for the World Cup. And if he's going to play in the World Cup, he's not going to open. Uh, in, in the World Cup, he, he would potentially be slotting in if something happens to Tom Latham into that middle order. So, uh, you know, you want to see a guy in a role that he's probably going to play in the World Cup, and opening's not it. I think Tom will go out and do well. I think he's a very good player, um, and he, he rightfully deserves to be in line to, to go to that World Cup, potentially as that, that second keeper. 
So it's gonna, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm a bit a, a bit gutted that um, we couldn't look outside. Look, Henry uh, Matthew Henry is going to be he's going to be at the World Cup. He's going to be part of that bowling um, you know that bowling setup going into the World Cup. There's no doubt about that. Um, my my thing is that I, I wouldn't be nice to see Ben Lister um, play today. You know, Matt Henry doesn't need to play. Mm. Henry Shipley needs a few more games under his belt. These conditions, again, like Eden Park, are going to be favourable for his swing. But um, Ben Lister, you know, you want to you want to get him in against an easier side in favourable conditions, so he gets off to a good start. Confidence is a lot at the international level, and and this was been an ideal um, situation for him. He bowls well at at, at Seddon Park where the ball swings around, and it would have been a perfect opportunity for for him to get an opportunity to to really embed himself into that black cap side leading towards that Pakistan series. I haven't spoken to for a couple of weeks on air, and in between when we've spoken, Gary Stead made a comment that maybe it's time New Zealand cricket looked at different coaches for different formats. And I was trying Absolutely. to read, but I was trying to read between the lines because we've been talking about that for a while. A, can New Zealand afford it? Yep. Because you're going to have to find another salary or two. Um, so there's the financial consideration. Yep. Do you think Gary Stead wants to carry on in? either white ball or red ball. What, what's your take on that? Oh, my take on that is someone comes out and, and says that. Um, to me, it feels like they're, they're feeling the pressure that if they took one coach, it's not going to be him. Um, that's pure and simple. So the easiest thing for Gary Stead to do is to try and split the role. Um, and he's already indicated when he did say that, that test cricket would be his preference. Um, so, you know, there's only eight, eight games a year potentially in test cricket. Um, and and he's he's trying to still stay in touch with that side and the international side of the game. So I think we all realise that you know, and barring a, a World Cup win this year, I think um, a lot of people, public and players alike, um, at different different levels, you know, will probably be wanting that, wanting the change. Um, so that's his way of probably staying in it. Look, do I think it's a good idea splitting the role? I, I think it does. Where does the money come from? Uh, I think if you look back ten years ago, how many employees New Zealand cricket had. Uh, in, in the office there in Auckland, mate, I think you can find some, some cash to pay someone well um, to do either one of the formats. So there's a bit of dead wood like there is in, in a lot of organisations. And, you know, if they looked at it and, and said, oh, you know, you know where, can we, where can we tighten our belts to, to get a Stephen Fleming to do T20 or, or someone of the like? So they should definitely be able to find, find, the, uh, find the resources to be able to do that. Brilliant. All right, Mitch, we've got to scoot off. Good catching up, buddy. Thanks for your time. No, easy. And whoever's changed my name on the phone box there to Gary, I'm not a Gary. Okay? <laughs> so you can change it back to Mitchell McClendigan. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, Gary. <laughs> okay. Cheers, Gary. Cheers, mate. There's Gary. Uh, Gary Stead joining us. Uh, no, Mitch McClendigan. Great to get his thoughts. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll have a chat to the team. Listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Well, he's a big cricket fan, and he lives near Hamilton. Have we got him at home, or have we got him at Seddon Park? Brendan Popperwell. <laughs> <laughs> Neither, actually. Uh, staff, I'm actually still at the Hamilton uh, studio. I just finished a shift, so uh, oh. won't, be, won't be heading there, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd love to get out to um, Seddon Park, but um, I'll be tuned in uh, for sure. Should we touch on some cricket odds? 
Yes, Why please do, because uh, uh, I can see the pre-match uh, interviews and chats are going on out in the middle there. Beautiful day in Hamilton, might I just say. Yeah, yeah, you sound surprised. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's a cracker. Um, yeah, look, market-wise, there's a lot of support for the Black Caps here, and, and so there should be too, uh, with the way that they did thump Sri Lanka in, in game number one. Of course, at Eden Park, they're thirty-seven. They hold about 85% of our turnover in terms of uh, market percentage in this head-to-head battle with Sri Lanka at $2.90. Look, an interesting makeup around the side, and, and, and especially with uh, with Blundell coming into the, the team, and he's been very well found in the in the head-to-head, uh, sorry, in the top run scorer market. He's 360 to be the top run scorer is Tom Blundell. And we've also had some money for Daryl Mitchell, of course, a, a former uh, Northern Districts player, and now applies his trade in Canterbury, but knows the, the scenery well. So $4.50 uh, around Daryl Mitchell. And considering that Henry Nichols has worked his way uh, back into the one-day squad, uh, he's at $9, and uh, he's been the other way. We haven't seen uh, any money for Henry Nichols uh, in the top run scorer market. But uh, we have taken a power play bet. Any player to be dismissed for a golden duck at $5 uh, was one of our uh, better power plays that was taken. And I think that's all still available for you before we uh, get this game kicked off in about 10 minutes. There's There's your Henry Nichols market right there. Golden Duck. <laughs> <laughs> what a pile on that is. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to see if they've actually named the 11, have they? Have you caught up with that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Well, New Zealand 11, Blundell, Chad, I never know whether it's Bowes or Bowes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep. Will Young, Daryl Mitchell, Tom Latham will bet up five, Henry Nichols six, Rachin Ravindra. Henry Shipley, Matt Henry, Ish Sodi, Blair Tickner. Hmm. Very different looking side, isn't it? Yeah, I don't mind it though. And uh, Chiefs Watch, Chiefs Blues Watch, has it stayed consistent? Money for both? Money for both, but just a little ease towards the Chiefs. Uh, I will say I was expecting this. Uh, 177 the Chiefs yesterday, and now they're 167. Uh, for the Chiefs, Blues 225. Look, don't be put off if you're a Blues supporter, though, because the money has been very even uh, across the board, but just that slight little push uh, through Friday morning around uh, the Chiefs. The Drua, by far the best back team this weekend. We have seen uh, a flip in the market for the Drua. They were outsiders when this market opened on Monday, and now they are firm favourites, really. 167 for the Drua against the Rebels at $2.20. Uh, we've seen money for the Crusaders at a dollar thirty. Very well found through a number of multis. The Crusaders to beat the Reds uh, away in Queensland, and the Hurricanes to put a number on the Force. Uh, punters are just trying to search for anything that's uh, got a point start that's in the high twenties, uh, minus twenty-one and a half currently at a dollar eighty-five. But uh, if you go through all sort of markets with the winning team and margin, the ten-point margin, twenty-one to thirty, thirty-one to forty, those type of markets have been looked at there. Uh, with the Canes. There's a really good multi, a Friday multi. Uh, one punt has laid down $3,000 on the Penrith Panthers to beat the Canberra Raiders in the first game of Friday night, rolling into the Crusaders, 3000 to return 4900 Not bad. Not bad at all, mate. Um, which way are you leaning personally, Chiefs Blues? I, I, I think the Chiefs lineup in, is like a Ford pack that looks dominant for mine. Uh, and I think they can they can front up and, and keep the winning role going. So 
I'm with the Chiefs, but I think it's going to be a tight one at the same time, though, Steph. I, I don't think they're going to blow them away off the park. Uh, and, and there's the prospect of maybe some weather that could come into it, uh, and that's always going to shave some points off as well. So I think Chiefs in a tight one. I'll tell you what, Hamilton's got it sorted. Beautiful day for the cricket, but snotty for the rugby. <laughs> yeah, mate, where would you want to be this weekend? Seriously, it's, uh, it's, it's all there for you. Um, unfortunately, I can't partake in any, but anyway, I'm heading to a wedding. But um, what have we better touch on some NRL quickly too, Staffy. Right, we've got, we got 30 seconds. Yep, that's enough time. Just to say that the Warriors are the best back team this weekend. 85%. Punters just want to <laughs> leap in around the Warriors. They're $3.50. And the other thing we're reading here is that the Brisbane Broncos... And the, and the Manly Sea Eagles, they're going to be flogging the opposition uh, this weekend because 13-plus overs, all those sort of handicaps, they've been taking Manly Sea Eagles playing the Knights, the Brisbane Broncos playing the Tigers. Brendan Pops, thanks, buddy. There is Cheers, Brendan Popperwell from the TAB.co.nz. All the bonus back promotions, they really lift the game for the punter in the weekend to the TAB. So download the app or get on their website and avail yourselves of some great specials. We'll come back after a break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention when we had Brendan Popperwell on the TAB, you know how I say they have great uh, specials, there's a boomer this weekend on the Australian Grand Prix. They have a bonus back there. Basically, you place a pre-race race winner bet, if they don't win, if they do win, you just get paid. If they don't win but come second through sixth, they do it on horses through to second through fourth. But this is second through sixth. You get a bonus bet of up to $50. Um, so that's pretty damn good. You do have to be a registered TAB customer on the app to be in on the action, but that's a heck of a bonus back, and it's perfect timing for us to watch the Formula One as well. Righto, after the news, we're going to catch up with Brendan Laney. No... Jeremy Paul today, he's in bed with COVID again, the poor bugger can't even talk, so Brendan Laney, any questions for Buffer, the chainsaw, get them through double eight double three, love to get your questions to give to the great man, he'll be after the news. Gull fueling your mission, pop into your local for some good value fuel gull.nz, from lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ <laughs> Welcome back in. Uh, the first over of the cricket. I think it's been done. Yeah, one over. Uh, Matt Henry with the opening over. Sri Lanka one without loss. So a good start for New Zealand and a beautiful sunny looking day at Seddon Park in Hamilton, which will also be hosting um, the Chiefs and the Blues, the, the most mouth-watering match for Kiwis anyway in Super Rugby this week. Um, I'll keep you abreast of the cricket. Um, but we're going to talk some super rugby now, and we're going to talk to a great man who took me on a uh, road trip uh, when we got 
Um, I think we got fogged in at Christchurch. We had to get to Nadim, so we jumped into rental cars and we headed down south and we did a, uh, what do you call it? A, um, oh, it's a pub crawl when you go to, be- uh, go to beers. We did a pie crawl down the south on, which was fantastic. So we're going to talk to, very shortly, Chainsaw Lady. Jackal, and one of them plays the chainsaw, and you heard it at the start there. So we bring in our own beloved chainsaw, Brendan Laney. Buffa, Stephanie, <laughs> how you going, how man? Are you? Yeah, really good, mate. It's great to talk to you. How's things? Oh, things are good. Things are good. And awesome. one of the real reasons I needed to talk to you was a, it's been too long, and b, yep. I was trying to think of someone who hasn't got a vested interest in the Chiefs and the Blues in a marquee matchup tomorrow night. In Hamilton, this is a mouth-watering game, which I think could inject a lot of life into the comp. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. It's uh, it's an absolute cracker, isn't it? Um, and you're right. I I couldn't care who wins. It's <laughs> 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 not the Highlanders, mate. <laughs> no, nah, look, I, it's going to be an awesome game to watch. Isn't it? Like it, it's it's not only for what's going to happen in the competition, but it's just. Uh, it's the Battle of the Bombays. It's it's um, you know it's been one of the biggest games in, in Super Rugby for such a long time, and the way both teams are performing at the moment, it's uh, it's the, the matchups in it are just outstanding, aren't they? Um, you know we've got we've got the, the All Black captain, and at seven we've got these um, the guy who sort of took over his spot at seven, Dalton Properly. Um, who probably hasn't quite hit his straps just yet, uh, I, I'd have to say, but um, Dixon Kane's playing bloody well, so it's really uh, it's really set up some outstanding outstanding matchups. We've got some in the backs as well. Um, Damien McKenzie, obviously a 10, who I think's just, I think the, the opportunity to go over to Japan and come back is just, he's just added to his game. He's, he's just been magnificent, so, and he could be really key later on in the year when it comes to All Blacks and, and positions and, and cover and especially in the World Cup too. So, uh, no, it's really cool, mate. Looking forward to sitting down with a beer and watching it. Yeah, when we talk, it's funny, I sometimes they say, oh, look, I think the key matchup is, you know, Sean Stevenson against, um, who's the fullback, Stephen Perifeta. And I think they don't, while they're both fullback, they're 50 metres away from each other the whole game. But when you get when you get sevens and sixes and eights and locks in the forwards, like Dalton Papali and Sam Kane would have been thinking about this match all week, all week. And I think that is the matchup of, of the competition so far. It really is, mate. Eh? And you're right. You know, it's like when they say, "Oh, you know, the two teams are going to battle each other." They hardly go anywhere near each other, to be fair. Yeah. And the same with the fullbacks. The only time they sort of um, is maybe when they kick the ball back and forth to each other and then play a game of force back. <laughs> <laughs> but the sevens, you did right. They were in right amongst it and and clash quite a bit. So, um, but gee, I, I I really think Sam Kane's, you know, his some of his defensive work this year has been simply magnificent. Um, look, I. I uh, Sam's uh, a real toiler, isn't he? He's a, an outstanding footballer. Um, he hasn't played the amount of tests he's played without being one of the better ones we've had in, in that position. Um, he's had big boots to fill, hasn't he? Let's be honest, everyone expects him to be Richie McCall, but he's not that guy. 
no one's going to be able to replace Richie in that respect. But I think Sam's made the seven jerseys and he's copped a lot of flack, mm. um, particularly in the last couple of years. But gee whiz, man, um, I think he's been playing outstandingly well and would have to be. And I don't know whether you agree. But I think he's formed seven in the competition. I do, I do. Um, by a long shot. And um, Dalton, hey, look, and, and, and no disrespect to Dalton either, but um, uh, your tight five um, have have got a, um, a bit of hard grafting to give your sevens and Lucy's the chance to be able to go and do their job. And um, I think that the, the tight five for the Chiefs have been really, really good. And that's given the chance to to for their Lucy's not only not only just Sam but the rest of their Lucy's to get out and actually um, you know do their work in in, in in their role in the game. So I think it's a huge game for for the tight five for the Blues. It's going to be uh, you know the old adage. What's the old adage? The, the tight five win you the match. Um, every prop I've ever talked to um, believe that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's. I think that up front they're really going to have to perform the blues and, and come up against the chief side and play a really good rugby. What what sort of style of a game do you think we'll see, Buff? Do you think we'll see uh, a bit of a festival game? They're prepared to give the ball some air. I think any team with Damian McKenzie. They're sort of forced to play that way, that will of the wisp type stuff. Bowden Barrett's a little bit more measured. His cross kicks are good. Um, are we going to see two contrasting styles of game? Oh, I, th- I think we will in a way because we've seen the way both teams have played. Like, see that cross kick of, uh, that the Blues use quite well. They're, they're very measured in the way they approach the game. Um, and they've got some very, very good attacking skills there. Like, Alice Talia on the wing, Mark Talia on the wing has just been. Sensational, hasn't he? You know, so you you you'd, you'd certainly want to be getting the ball into his, his hands with a bit of space. Um, but I, I feel for wingers now in the game. There's not a lot of space for them, and when they uh, when they do get it, they nine times out of ten get a man and ball at the same time. So mm. um, I would love to see um, the outside. Sean Stevenson's another one. You know, he's been magnificent. If he has a good all black jersey on at the end of the year, there'll be something very strange. Um, and uh, you know maybe that that uh, injury, unfortunately for Sibby Reese, might might help his cause. Um, so yeah, look, I think this game in particular, I think we will see a slightly different sort of game plan from both sides. Um, the Chiefs, like I said, they they will have a crack. There's not going to be many opportunities, is there? I don't mm. think. Um, so whatever whatever side um, you know takes them and makes the most of them, they'll certainly um, they'll be in front on the scoreboard, which is the most important part. And um, But I think we'll be a, a, it'll be very test match-like, I think. You know, there won't be many opportunities, and, and the ones they do get, they'll have to take. So um, it'll be good to watch. Another good match-up is in the nine jerseys. Um, Finley Christie and Brad Webber. Um, maybe only one of them will make the World Cup squad. Uh, Aaron Smith's a lock-in. Cam Roygaard's making noise. TJ Perinara's not far away from returning, whether he can get back up to speed. Um, Cortez Ratama, I think, could be an absolute bolter. But this this, this particular matchup, I know the all-black coaches and selectors will be looking at hard at this matchup. Yeah, couldn't agree more. They, and, and both of them have been playing really good rugby, haven't they? But I, I, and I still go back to the fact that you know, if that, that type five in particular gives them this good ball, then your nine can do a bit. Um, Brad's a real runner of the ball, um, and that's a big part of the Chiefs' game. He's bloody quick around the around the ruck. He can cut the open, can't he? And he's got beautiful support lines up the middle of the track. You know, we've seen him score a lot of tries, um, you know, not only for the All Blacks, but 
uh, for the Chiefs, it's funny, straight up the guts, and, and you know, his support plays outstanding. He's got speed, enough speed to do that. Finley Christie's been outstanding in the last couple of years. He's the reason he's in an all-black jersey. He's uh, um, he's just been brilliant, isn't he? Uh, and he's a lovely pass. He's a tough wee bugger. He loves getting in and mixing it with the forwards as well. And um, and it's just been... Well, it really is a, a... It'll be a crucial battle at nine. And who gets the best service will be able, will be able to sort of enforce their game um, on, on the game, if that makes sense. So uh, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to watching that part. And that's going to help out the teams as well. You know, mm. if... Um, if Brad's got a bit of room and and you know can get good pill to to Damien, then he's got a bit more time and and vice versa for for Bowden at ten as well. Um, not that those two guys need much time at all, to be fair, but uh, it certainly will help them a heap. Um, I've asked listeners for questions. One guy says, "Can you ask Buff about uh, my beloved Highlanders? Uh, they have had two wins, but it was against the Force and the Drua." Pretty comfortably beaten by the Blues, Crusaders and Chiefs. All that being said, pretty important game for them against Moana Pacifica to try and get their third win, eh? Yeah, really is. Yeah, and they've got to keep that momentum going because uh, they were really steering down the barrel, weren't they, at 3-0 and, and nothing on the board. So um, I, you've got to admire the fact that they've got back in it with the amount of injuries they've had because mm. uh, they've had a hell of a lot. Um, Crusaders are going through a bit of that at the moment as well. Um, and and it's tough when you got to go deep into your squad. Um, so look, I, I, look, the draw are going to be dangerous. You know, they went out and beat the beat the um, Crusaders, um, admittedly at home, um, but they're a tough team. So to get the score they did against um, the Highlanders, and I was a bit nervous about that one purely because they were under the roof. We've seen big scores, mm. but I thought the Highlanders attacked really, really well, and. Um, and it was, uh, I thought their defence, uh, okay, the Drua scored 20-odd points, but still the defence of the Highlands was very good as well. So, um, you know, this Moana Pacifica team, they're, they're due, a, due, a, due a game, aren't they? Mm. Um, and uh, it's going to be very tough for the Highlands, um, but they, it's like anything, it's, you turn up um, in any sport and you're not quite 100% there mentally, you can get caught out. So um, I think the Highlands would be really keen to make sure that they put a good performance in. And um, and I think they're quite capable of doing that. So I'm certainly backing them to to get up and, and get their third one. Actually, looking at their next four games, Buff, they they could really turn their season around if they can get a, a past Moana Pacifica. They'll have good momentum. Then they then they're at home to the Hurricanes, away force, away Waratahs. Two very very winnable games. So of those next four, they could they could and should pick up three. Yeah, and hopefully with a bit of um, luck, a, a few more injuries back as well, mm. um, which will help them a heap. Um, but, you know, I suppose, and it's the old editors in, you've got to look after the next game, um, but they'll certainly would have looked down further down the track in their draw and gone, well, you know, we, we need to be here. The, the Hurricanes game's the big one for the minute, Steffi. They, they've got to, that one there, they've really got to put a big performance in. But, um, and like you said, the other two games are, are certainly... You would expect, not expect them to win, but they would be expecting to put in um, very good performances and win. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting just to see how it does go. But their Canes one's going to be the big one. Yeah, and when you look at the Hurricanes' wins, they've come against the Reds, the Rebels, the Waratahs, Moana Pacifica. They've got the Force this week. 
and then they are in an absolute hiding of a bunch of games. So uh, maybe they haven't had the, the real litmus test. One litmus test was the Blues, and they lost that one, and they were at home. So the Hurricanes can't rest easy at all. No, no. And, and look, they've played some really nice rugby too, but it just shows you how tough this competition is. Um, you know, you can have sort of patches where the so-called lesser sides, if that's for want of a better word, um, you know, you get three or four in a row, but um, you can certainly, it certainly turns around you've got to play the other big guys as well. So, and those home home derbies or New Zealand derbies seem to be just real battles, don't they? They're, um, mm. they're massive games and, and the boys really get knocked around, um, as we've seen by injuries already. So... Um, and I think that Highlanders um, Hurricanes game will be an absolute pearler. I really do. What have you made of the Aussie teams? Um, the Brumbies really look the only ones that are going to trouble teams. Yeah, yeah. I thought the Rebels um, have done some good stuff. Um, uh, the Force are, are a team that I think they've got quite a lot of young sides, uh, young guys in their in their side. Um, uh, look. Uh, the Reds have won, I thought, that might be a touch better. Um, but um, I know that there's a bit of blood calling for Brad Thorne's head if, if things don't go right there. But, um, you know, he's got to have the kettle to deal with as well. Um, so, look, yeah, I, it's a tough one for, for you know, particularly when they come over this side of the, the, the Tasman and play us here at home. Mm. Um is, uh, they probably haven't performed as, as well. And like I said, the Brumbies are the, the sort of litmus for them, uh, for the Aussie sides, aren't they? Um, a couple of a couple of wee things against the Crusaders probably could have been a little bit more in the game. Um, so, yeah, it's still probably a little bit disappointing, but from a New Zealand point of view, bloody great. Great seeing us beat the Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing, talking to Brendan Laney, of course, um, the, the rule or the, the shot clock in particular, it sounds like the average length of a game has dropped by six minutes because they're not allowed to muck it around at scrum, line-out, penalty time, and the ball and play has gone up as well. Um, that sort of high-tempo pace would have suited a very fit Brendan Laney back in the day. It's a better spectacle. Yeah, well, it hasn't helped me if I want to duck away and get a stubby during the game. That's, that's one thing it hasn't helped with. But, um, oh, look, from a, they had to do something, didn't they? Um, and I, I, I'm all for, for speeding the game up. Um, I think we we probably got to be a little bit careful with the amount of well, how much we do speed it up. Um, you know, players' bodies can only take so much as well. Um, but there's certainly areas that have done well on that and... Um, the, the tackle, the tackle heights, another one that's going to be really has, has been interesting as well, hasn't it? Wow. Um, that's been that's been an interesting part of the game. Well, um, club rugby's not far away from starting around around the country, started elsewhere, and you know that tackle height for guys is is going to be really interesting. It was, it was interesting to see how the Super Rugby guys have, have handled it too. So um, oh, it's great that they speed the game up and. Uh, well, like I said, it's certainly affected me when I'm trying to get to the to the fridge for a new stubby, mate. <laughs> and finally, best pie shop in uh, Central South Island. Where, where's your go-to? <laughs> Smoker, mate. Smoker. <laughs> That's the Actually, one you took me to. <laughs> mate, the sausage rolls aren't bad either, mate, but only only because I saw you were having one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, mate. Fantastic. Hey, Buff, really appreciate you chatting to us today, mate. Uh, enjoy the weekend's rugby. We'll catch up again soon. Yeah, awesome, Stevie. Great talking to you, mate. See you, buddy. Cheers, mate. Brendan Laney there, wonderful Highlander, Scottish international. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really want to put him onto on the spot to pick a winner because either team can win this uh, Chiefs Blues match. Uh, Sean Stexton and said, "Staffy, wah wah to every other super team. First year the Chiefs have been on the right side of the casualty ward. That's right. Like, and I I sympathise with any team with massive injury concerns, and I did every year with the Chiefs because I really feel for super teams that you know have six, seven, eight. 12, uh, and the Chiefs have done it year after year. And now look at them fly when, they, when they're healthy, when they don't have the big, big injuries. I mean, they've still got Quinta Pyre and Anton Leonard-Brown and others still out, but not the, not the casualty ward they've had in recent seasons. So, so sure, I couldn't be more delighted for the Chiefs to be, to be healthy. But then when you get the Crusaders hit by injuries, I feel for them as much as I felt for the Chiefs in past seasons because... Um, that fan base want all their players healthy as well, and um, you do lose a little bit of a spectacle when uh, when your big guns are out. It's interesting the last couple of years for the Chiefs. Like I go back to the Dave Rennie years, where like there was one year I think we had twenty five mm. injuries across the season across sort of you know players coming in and and frontline players and that. But I sort of wonder, Steph, and like I said, last few years you got to take it away because Dave Rennie wasn't there. But then he goes to the Wallabies. And they get hit with injuries, and I wonder how much of it is actually a coach pushing too hard in, mm. say, training and rest and all that sort of stuff. Because it certainly followed Rennie. You know what I mean? The injury sort of did follow him. Yeah, I often thought it was Could that it be bad a, luck. Was that a coincidence? Yeah, bad luck. Um, but it was certainly brought up in Australia that why are these guys falling over that never fall over. Um, and I think Dave Rennie and I think Chris Boyd from the Hurricanes. They didn't toe the line in the rest and rotation policy. No. They said, I'm here to coach the Chiefs or Hurricanes. I'm here to win the title. You worry about that later. And um, sort of fell out of favour a little bit with the, with the Boffins. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that Rennie was a big, there was a big, I can't remember which player it was, but there was a big example where he didn't rest a player and that all got blown up in mm. the media. I'm surprised that, um, who's resting this week for the Hurricanes? Adi Savia. He had a week out with suspension two weeks ago. Is that not counted? <laughs> Let's not go into that, Steph. Okay. I'll tell you what I do have, though. Good surprise for you. After the break, um, we've consulted Gus, mm. and I've got I've put together actually two teams for you. The first one is a rugby league th- uh, 17 post-2000, greatest of all time. The other one is a rugby 15 all-time post-1996 professional era. Oh my so gosh. we'll see how you do on that. Oh, well, I was very kind giving you clues. So I expect I'll give you yeah, Of course, of course. Righto, we'll, do, we'll play that game uh, with Gus and Sam after the break. Sri Lanka 14 for 2, 14 for 2 off, uh, they're still in the third over. Uh, Nishanka the opener is in there on 10, Matthews yet to score off 5 balls, he's on blob. Shipley comes in, balls, block hole. And this is a big middle finger to Elon Musk because we will utilise the powers of AI Mm. um, to figure out who is the greatest rugby league and rugby team post 996. what do you want to start with, rugby league or... I'll start in my wheelhouse, rugby. I'm actually just going to um, kill the music because I reckon we can do it without it. Um, right, so you're starting with rugby. 
Uh, post-1996 worldwide uh, best 15, and I've also asked them for a bench as well. So we'll go through the 15, and you can try and work out the bench, okay? Okay. The players uh, are going to make it. So uh, we start at fullback, or do yeah, we start at the front start row? Start at fullback. Okay. Christian Cullen, or I'm not playing. Uh, <laughs> lucky for you, he is the best 15 of all time. Okay. Well, what's so all time, of 1990, since 1996. Now, the number 14. God, there's so many. Um, there's Habana, there's Goldie. Uh, give me a country. There's so it, many. The countries on any of these, I think, are going to make them so obvious. Right. So if it's obvious, is it? I'll give you a massive clue. Okay. If you want, if you're stuck. Otherwise, just give me your name. I've got two names in my head. Throw a name Northern out there. Northern Hemisphere? I, I, I can't say. Oh, okay. Um, just go. Who do you think? Zip, zip. Jason Robinson or Shane Williams? Oh, no. It was down the right hand corner, Brian oh, Havana. I sort of whispered <laughs> him did, early. He did. Yeah. Um, right. The n- number 13 and the number 12. Easy. 13. Brian O'Driscoll. Correct there, lad. You're right. 12. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll give you a massive hint here if you want. Okay. You're, you've eliminated another big 13 with Brian O'Driscoll, so who would your natural 12 be given that other 13 isn't there? Well, I'm down to two now. Mm-hmm. Who? An Aussie and a Kiwi. Sure. Which way should I go? You tell me. <laughs> uh, like I just said, there's a big 13 that just missed out there. Yeah. Would his number 12 suffer the same fate? Tana? Nah. Oh. Nah. It's Ma. Oh, Ma. Yeah. Nice. And I'm just thinking, you know, Conrad go, Smith. I thought they might go Tim Horan or... Right, number, t- uh, number 11, actually. Jonah. Correct. Number 10. Uh, I was going to say, is this British or down here? Uh, it's got to be Dan. Correct. This is AI staff. It's, obje- it's objective. Yeah. Uh, now, the number nine, I I think, is a bit of a curveball here. So that's what I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, I personally wouldn't put this person there, but this How is what Gus. long ago? Oh, uh, post-professional record. Yeah, I was going to say, since 96, yeah. <laughs> Who's in the conversation? Uh, well, that's the thing. There's about six of them in there. Yeah, I know. There's Nuggy. Of course, there's Nuggy. There's George Gregan. There's Augustine Pichot. There's uh, Faf. There's Jus van der Vestesen. Oh, there's so many. Mm. So here's what we're going to do. You just tell me who you would have there. Because I don't... This one's very bizarre. Well, not bizarre, but it's just... I'd probably have George Gregan. Yeah. I'd probably have Gregan. Mm. Um, it is Jus van der Vestesen. I mean, where mm. would he sit on your, like... Oh, pretty rankings. high. He, he was a game changer. He was big. He was combative. Amazing pass. Great kick. He, he was the complete package. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that put you. Um, look, we we got to run to news. Do we just do okay. we stop at the stop there we'll at the number the nine? We do the Fords after the news. Okay. I'll do a bit more thinking. You want to get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you want to get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You want to get down? Tell you it's uh, one all between the Bruins and the Columbus Blue Jackets third period one minute to go. Staff, uh, we are up to the Fords then of our best rugby 15 since the 1996 professional era came about thanks to Gus, the AI chatbot that is going to solve the world's problems. Number eight. Jeez. Oh, uh, God. I've got a guy that's always been one of my favourites who's from a very, not a powerhouse country. Mm. Um, and Sergio Parisi. 
He, okay. I just thought he was fantastic. But I don't know if he's if even ChatGPT. I was going to say, Gus knows no countries. Um, um, okay, number eight. Another favourite of mine is Pierce Beast. Well, have they gone since Zanbrook? No. Okay. I once again wouldn't personally have this person as the number eight, but once you hear it, you'll be like, yeah, he's good. Gus has gone down a road. Mm, I need a I need a bit of help for number eight then. English. Lawrence. Correct. Mm. Okay. Lawrence yeah. Dorelio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I certainly wouldn't have him as the best in the Number seven. Richie McCaw. No. You are joking. Now, I will tell you that Richie's number six. Okay. So Gus has just obviously okay. tried to accommodate here. So given George that. Smith. No, no, but given that, who do you reckon is number seven? Oh. You know, now that Richie's number So my number, six, my number six was going to be. Oh, so Richie's six? Yeah. Cheapest. Oh, have they got Skulk Burger? No. Oh. Mm, another Kiwi. On the open side? Correct. Oh, Marty Holler. No. <laughs> well, I'd love that. I'd absolutely love that. Good Chiefs man. Good white Well, it won't man. be Jerome because they'd have him at six and Richie at seven. Mm. Think a bit earlier. Think, think borderline professional era. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Andrew Blowers. In fact, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure this... Maybe he did, maybe Gus has mixed up the time zones, the time frame here. I'm pretty sure he was late professional, or sorry, early professional year, but maybe not. Oh, should I just tell you? Yeah, MJ. Oh yeah, Michael nice Jones. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I don't know if he made the. Prof- or did he? I he feel was, like he was, he was right on the edge. Eighty-seven World Cup oh, as right a twenty-one-year-old. No, he did. He played for the Blues with a massive knee. Um, sorry, Sir Michael. The two locks, John Eels. Yes. Oh, gee whiz. Actually quite interesting because there's no one very recent on this list. On this. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Brody. Um, yeah, exactly. It's going to be either. Mm-hmm. Just tell me if it's one of these and then I'll make my decision. Is it either Martin Johnson or Paul O'Connell? Yes. Take a stab. Martin Johnson because he won a World Cup. Another MJ. Mm. Yep. Right, and then... Just to make it easier for you, an all Kiwi front row. Oh. Woodcock, Mialamu. <laughs> oh, jeepers. Old? Older than uh, the other two. Ollie not Brown. by a lot. Not, not by oh. a lot, though. Not by a lot. Not by a lot? Nah. Sort of 2000, like early 2000s to... Craig Dowd. Carl Heyman. I was going to say Carl Heyman. <laughs> and uh, Sean Fitzpatrick is the hooker. You asked if uh, he would qualify as being... Because was it one year he played professional? Yeah, because he was captain in that 96 Springbok series and that's when Super started, so he might have played one or two years. Okay, I'd have no issue with Sean Fitzpatrick. So there you go. Um, right, so given that, given that, then the bench... Um, actually, maybe we'll flag the bench because I don't even know what positions these guys play. So I feel like you'll just be gambling. But have, we've I, got... have I said any that are on the bench? No. Nah. Nah. Um, Victor. Victor Matfield. Yeah. Phil Vickery. Yeah. Keith Wood. Yeah. Oh, I love Keith Wood. Tendai Mata Mtawawira. Matawira. The yeah. Beast. The Beast. Is that the Beast? It's Beast. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um, what do you want to do? You want to do the Rugby League Seventeen, or should we just hold off on that? Because we've got to do our coaching. 
Oh, we do King of the coach. Ring. Let's do coaching. Okay. Let's do coaching. Coaching King of the Ring first. Oops. Just, so, just want to say, yes, please. 18 for three. They've got another one. Shipley got his first wicket. So, 18 for three off four overs. Opener's still there. He's losing mates at the other end. He's on 14 off 24. Nishanka, and he's joined by Asalanka. So, the second and last version, uh, sort of round of matchups here. We've got Phil Jackson, the 4C, playing Craig Bellamy, the 19th seed in the West. And then the East, Arthur Lydia goes up against the Titch, the Gordon Titch in the 13th seed. We have had a full uh, two hours of voting staff, so plenty of time. Plenty of time to get involved and get your votes in. And Captain K, as he hands me the envelope, I can, the, it's the actually envelope. true. He actually has handed you an envelope. I love this. And I can tell you that going through... Uh, from the Western Conference with uh, 60% of the vote, so relatively close in this case, it's Phil Jackson. So it should be. And so so it should be, because that man, you know, he's won, uh, what is it, Three, Three six, threes. nine, eleven rings with as a coach and a couple as a player or one as a player. Um, and Jackson. in the East, Arthur Lydiard against Sir Gordon Titchens and with 70% of the votes, so somewhat higher of a margin, Sir Gordon Titchens. Really? Yeah, Titch goes through. Titch oh, goes wow. through. With a se- I thought there was going to be like a 52-48. That means we've got six of our eight for the Elite Eight, Steph. And Here we've the two final matchups, and boy, oh boy, good luck. Oh my this god, one. oh my god, I've just seen them. Western Conference, the second seed, Sir Alex Ferguson, Fergie, going up against the number 16 seed, Pat Riley of uh, Lakers. N- uh, Lakers and Knicks, yep. or, yep, and uh, Miami Heat as well, owner of Miami Heat. Um, this next one, and this then, will get the most votes we've had so far. This is a blockbuster, people. Eastern Conference, and it's a battle of the codes. It's a battle of the codes. Wayne Bennett. The number one seed in this year's competition against incoming All Blacks and Crusaders, former Crusaders coach to be, Scott Razor Robertson, the 15th seed. Oh my God, oh my God, Bennett Robertson. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. No, don't flip a coin. Text double eight double three. Oh my God. Ferguson versus Riley. And then the master coach, Wayne Bennett, against our very own Razor Robertson. Oh my God. In the words of any broadcaster in the history of sports, scenes. <laughs> Pandemonium. Oh, well, get those votes in. And that, you haven't got as long with this one. You've only got about 50 minutes because we'll do this just before, just before, uh, or no, maybe just after the 3.30 news. We'll do it just after 3.30 news and then we'll preview the Elite Eight, which will kick off um, next week. Awesome. Get your votes in, double eight, double three. Ferguson versus Riley. Bennett versus Robertson, go. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? I'm feverishly writing down as many names as I can to try and compile oh, my the rugby league. Rugby league. Rugby league. Right, well, I've got some news for you. Okay. Straight off the hot desk, Steph. Um, <laughs> so, 
Some good news today. Like hey, should I do the whole thing like that today, mate? <clears throat> so I picked up a new story this morning. Comes all the way from Cornwall. Um, never been, never want to go. Much rather stay at home with a glass of wine on the telly on in a sauna. Driving my Maserati on a Sunday morning. Fantastic. Happy days. Um, so, a man... <laughs> Now, this is probably the most ironic news story you'll ever read, Steph, because a man called Chris Arnold um, has posted on social media. Oh, sorry. Chris Arnold is the son. He's posted a, a, a thing on social media about his dad, which has gone viral. It's got over 2 million views on Twitter because his dad, who thought he was ordering 10 pairs of reading glasses, ended up with 60. And that's just funny to me because, like, he probably needed the glasses to order them. And he clearly didn't have them. I'll have ten of those. Yeah, exactly. So that's literally what's happened. He thought he was getting single pairs. They all came doubles or whatever. He's got this massive stack in his lounge of reading glasses. The reason why he buys so many, he says he does this quite often, is because he loses them all the time. Mm. We all lose our glasses, or break them or whatever. And so he just buys a couple of extra ones to to get them through, like contact lenses. Mm -hmm. So I think he's he's probably set for life, Mm. to be fair. Um, 60. Yeah, 60 pairs of reading glasses. I just thought that was, that was the most ironic thing you'll ever read. Um, something that isn't ironic but is a little bit concerning slash expensive if you're a taxpayer. Uh, the government, Colombia, I should say, the Colombian government, has a plan to relocate uh, Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos. Now, you I don't know if you know this story, but when they arrested... Um, Mr. Escobar in uh, the 70s and the 80s, or sorry, when he died in the 90, uh, 1993, um, throughout the 70s and the 80s, he had built up this cache of hippos. Um, and when they when he when he died, they seized his estate um, and they basically sent everything where it needed to go, you know, um, whether it's quarantine or, or they lock it up and whatever, <laughs> except for the hippos. Because it was going to be too costly to move the hippos. And they thought, well, they're probably going to die anyway, right? But there was no natural predators in the area, in these Colombian rainforests or whatever they were. Um, so the population flourished. And there are now between 130 to 160 hippos, just wild Escobar oh. cocaine hippos. Um, and scientists have actually warned that by 2040, there could be almost 1,500 <coughs> cocaine hippos. They call them cocaine hippos. So um, speaking during a, pre- uh, during a press conference this week, officials have said it's going to cost them $3.5 million to get rid of the hippos. And they've got to do it, because otherwise Colombia will have this random infestation of hippos at some stage. So they've got to do it. 3.5 mil. So are they going to come cu- out of the taxpayer Are they going to cull them? They're going to relocate them. Oh, really? Probably take them back to wherever they came from. Um, but a lot more expensive now than it probably would have been had they done it back at the start. So a sad day for all the Colombians that are pro-hippo because mm. they're, they're on their way. There'll be a demonstration. They'll There'll be, be, a they'll be on the way there. Well, let's hope it's not a violent protest. Mm. Um, too soon? T-Rex. Do you call... What's a purel of a T-Rex? Is it a T-Rye? A T-Rex. Or is it T-Rexes? A whole oh. bunch of T-Rexes. All my exes live in Texas. Um, the Tyrannosaurus Rex I've got some breaking news for you here Steph because the Tyrannosaurus Rex thanks to some new research we've been thinking about them all wrong so your your cliche view of a T-Rex is it opens its mouth and there's just big sharp teeth everywhere massive huge Um, when in fact what new research has suggested is that the um, the big theropods which is the type of dinosaur uh, actually had scaly lips um, so the teeth didn't actually stick out um, when they open their mouth, you might have just seen like sort of the tips of them, but they were hidden by most of the lip area. So rather than seeing this big burly jaw, it was more of like a sort of an old man with dentures. Like Mar Baker. Yeah, just mm. with a little bit of poking out there. Come here, That's yeah, not as uh, terrifying, is it? 
Not at all. Um, and also the the, the um, depictions like in Jurassic Park is that when the mouth's closed, you sort of get the big, the big fang fangs. coming out of the side. That wouldn't have happened either. It would have been hidden by the skin. So there you go, just changing perceptions around the T-Rex. Educating. Don't discriminate, mm. you know, just because they're big and they've got a bad history. They don't kill everyone, you know, <laughs> only if they're hungry. You want a fact. You know Chocolate ice cream, do you like it? No. Let's assume you do. Yes. Because a lot of people do they like chocolate ice cream. Okay. <clears throat> Did you know that chocolate ice cream is actually frequently, and this comes from the FDA in America, a catch-all for botched batches of other flavours? Ah. So they mix in a whole bunch of other flavours as well as sort of a, a standard chocolate recipe. Oh, we've cocked that one up, chuck some cocoa in it. Yeah, exa- <laughs> that's bang on. <laughs> and that comes from the FDA. So that's like legitimately what happens in America that's and I'm sure around the world. The only the only chocolate flavoured thing I like mm. is chocolate. Like the actual chocolate. I get you. I don't like the thing, the thing that I think fools a lot of people about ice cream is all you, it's a mental thing because, for example, boysenberry ripple. Mm. That doesn't take, taste anything like boysenberry. In fact, chocolate ice cream doesn't even taste like chocolate. Let's be honest. Mm. And vanilla, I mean, guess vanilla does have a oh, little bit of vanilla. Oh, the Whitaker's peanut slab ice cream. Well, that, that's boutique. Mm. But, you know, your standard, whatever it is, tip top or whatever, you know, it, it doesn't really taste like what it says. It's mm. just marketing. So... Chocolate. Ke- Cavity ice cream, apple crumble, what flavour? It's not bad. It's the best. Um, I wonder if T-Rex has ever ate ice cream. Mm, I wonder if they get cold teeth. Brain freeze. Brain freeze. Yeah. Imagine a T-Rex getting brain freeze. Oh, I wouldn't want to be in the vicinity. Can't handle that. I need to do more study on the greatest uh, rugby league team uh, since 2000. I've got to keep thinking. I've got a couple of players down here. don't know if they were up. Oh, no, I think they were after 2000. We'll get to that soon, though. We'll have a break. Uh, the cricket, 28 for three. Sri Lanka winning the toss going into bat. Uh, update on the cricket, 38 for three. Um, old uh, Partham Nasanka must be wondering what's wrong with the blokes at the other end. He's on 32 off 39. He's got 32 of Sri Lanka's 38 runs. And extras have got four. So the rest of the batters have got two. Nasanka's got 32. The rest of the batters have got two. The batting scorecard looks like this. 32, two, nothing, nothing, nothing. And his most recent partner, who's still in there with him, has got nothing off 13. Wow, we. Matt Henry, pick of the bowlers. Uh, two wickets, six overs, two for nine. Fantastic. Henry Shipley, five overs, one for 19. Uh, Blair Tickner has um, just the one over, none for nine. And Daryl Mitchell's just been introduced into the attack. He's just bowled the four deliveries, just for the solitary run. So 38 for three, 12 and a half. Overs got another dot ball there to Dazza Mitchell. We're coming up to three o'clock in the next hour. We're going to catch up with Michael Lamontano. He's a Formula One rider ahead of Albert Parks Formula One Grand Prix. Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Oh, 
Bible for my head. I got a pencil full of lead and some water for my throat. I got buttons for my coat and seals on my boat. So much more than I needed before. I got money in the meter and a turbo heater. Oh, now it's getting on the road. So I get sweeter. I got legs on my chair. No oh, idea what that is, Steph. Sorry. That has got me mystified. What is that? Captain K, can you explain? If you want me to be honest, I don't actually remember getting this song. What's it called, Sammy? Uh, pe- pencil full of lead. <laughs> oh, no, because I just I looked up funky 70s, 80s disco and this came up and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds nice. But oh, yeah, honestly, I don't remember getting that. Jeez, you need some educating. Um... Live updates of the practice one at the Grand Prix. So far, fastest is Max von Strapen, uh, 1 minute 18. He is half a second quicker, Sergio Perez. So Red Bull, 1 and 2, and then another 0.6 of a second. Um, in fact, Fernando Alonso has just gone third fastest. This is live timing as it happens. Fernando. Then, then Charles Leclerc, uh, Carlos Sainz, mm. Georges Russell. From Mercredes, uh, he's sixth fastest, George. Lance Stroll, now with all of the accolades that Fernando Alonso's getting, Lance Stroll's his teammate and he just can't get close to him. Yeah, but ugh, I can't stand Lance Stroll. His dad owns the, the, I know. the you know, the Oscar, Oscar Pistorius, uh, the Australian. <laughs> oh, see it, it's too soon. Going to get released from prison too, Oscar. Is he? Yeah, Pistor- Pretorius. There's an article came out today said he's going to get released soon. Oh. Yeah. That documentary was amazing. Didn't watch that one. Which one? is it? Thirty for thirty. It's on uh, Netflix. Okay. Oh wow! I'll give it a go. Wow! 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 Uh, yeah, Oscar Piastri. Um, he's an Aussie first timer, uh, rookie this year. Wonder how much pressure he he is going to be feeling. I'll be asking Michael about that. Uh, Kevin Magnuson, who just on his outlap nearly crashed into the side of the wall. Pierre Gasly's there. Uh, we're seeing changes at the top, uh, but still Verstappen. Von Strapen. Von Strapen, uh, Maximilian von Strapen. Um, now, we're going to have a go at this league thing before we talk Formula One. League. I've written some names, not many. If any. Right, so this is the greatest rugby league team according to chat. According to Gus. According to Gus. Um, of, uh, f- f- from 2000, since 2000, beyond, because I had to, you know, I had to jog up myself. So we'll do that and then we'll do the interchange as well, shall we? This one's a little bit easier, I reckon, to, oh. to predict, Steph. Yeah, Although easier I'm, for you, not for me. No, no, I think you'll do okay. Okay. So let's start at the fullback position, the number one jersey, yours, please. Thank you, correct. Billy Slater. Yeah. Number two? Well, see, the wings are so hard. Uh-huh. So I've got one, two, three, four names, and I wouldn't be surprised if I missed them all. Okay, so who's number one? Morris. Brett? Yeah. Um, so, okay, look, Gus has put Darren Lockyer as the number five wing, and that's just ridiculous. So I'm going to put Brett Morris as the number five because I think he is one of the greatest wingers of all, of, well, of all time, but of the last 23 years. So I'm going to give you Brett Morris as the five. Who's your other one, the number two? Wow, it's a long time ago. Willie Kahn? No. Michael Hancock? No. I've got a few Broncos in here. No. Uh, Red Radra? <laughs> no, no. Simi? Uh, Alex Johnson. Nah. Uh, there's just so many. No, nah, um, GI. Oh, GI's going to play on the wing. Oh, I had him in the centre. Yeah. Well, he that's fair because he, he spent most of his time centre, but he actually played most of his, well, a lot of his career at fullback as well. So maybe okay. that's just Gus moving him around to put him in there. Um, I like some of the other names, though. So who are your centres? And I'm going to give you a big clue here. One of them is, I believe, his father was in the other team. Yeah, I've got Inglis and Gasnier written down. Yep, Gasnier is the number three. Jamie Lyon, the number four. Oh, what a player. 
<laughs> That's manly, a blast from the past. Manly, then to Leeds. Yeah. Uh, didn't want to play, played country footy. Mm. I like Jamie Lyon, actually. Uh, the two halves. Easy for yep. me. Yeah. Thurston Johns. Yes. Now, I love this. The front rowers. One yep. of them... I've only very, very recent. I've only written two names. Yeah, one of the, well, sorry, there are two. Yeah, but uh, the number eight. But no, one of them is very, very recent. Oh, okay. Well, it won't be mine. In fact, like very much still playing. Like played in the weekend. Correct. Uh, who's that going to be? Mm. Don't know if you will get him. I mean, you obviously know who well, he is. Well, the two I've got is yep. Sivan Asiva and Webkey. Yeah, Webkey's the number eight. Okay. Yep. Uh, Jason Tomalolo. Oh, he's my, he was my 13. Was he? Yeah. The lock. Nah, yeah, well, they've put him in the front row. Yeah. What are they doing that for? Well, he has played in the front row. Yeah. But he's played more at 13. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I'm getting the players. I've got given them the wrong jersey, though. You're getting them. You're getting all the names, which is actually the most important part. Gus probably puts them in a weird order. The number nine? Cam Smith. Yeah. And then who are your back rowers? Menzies and Tallis. Wow. No. Your 13 is... is um. So, oh, no. Nah, nah. The thirteen is an interesting one because it's a man that you mentioned as a as a ball playing back rower. What just then? Nah, in the last thirteen. Oh, yeah. Menzies. Nah. Brad Fittler's the thirteen. Oh, Fittler. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which which I wouldn't oh, okay. put in the th- I wouldn't put him in the thirteen. Um, the the other two, the two back rowers. One of them is, you know, you got to get him. You got to get him. Let's tell us. Nah. Tell us. No, it's not Talos. It is an Englishman. Oh, so it's not NRL. And a Kiwi. Ooh. Ooh. Come on, Steph. There's one name that surely has to stick out. Oh, Sam Burgess. That's, yep, that's the Englishman. Right. A uh, Kiwi. Kiwi second row, Mark Graham. Too old. Uh, Kiwi second row, Hugh. Too old. Kiwi second row, I'm going to kick myself, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Team? Oh, that'll give it away. Bulldogs, Roosters, All Blacks. Hey? Money Bill. Oh, Money Bill. What am I <laughs> thinking? He, he was not even on my radar. Was not even on my radar. Uh, I can see you, the cogs of your brain turning. So now uh, the interchange. And boy, oh boy, is there a very interesting name on the interchange. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, the, I'll tell you Paul Gallon. Yeah. On the interchange, is good off the bench. Matt Scott, who Matt Scott, you know, origin player and and he's decent, tough, but man. he's tough. But you he's know, Cowboys, eh? Uh, correct, correct. Yeah, um, Anthony Watmo. Yeah, I liked Watmo until what he did in the off season. Mm. What grow did he do? Um, and then the last one, number seventeen. Throw a name at me, just it's you wouldn't have picked it. Forward or back? Have, there's a back. It's a back. Mm-hmm. Well, how can I guess? There's like hundreds of oh, them. I know, I know. Just give me a cryptic half. clue. He's a half. He's a half. He is. Brett Kamal. Divisive. Ricky Stewart. Divisive on field. Divisive on field. Cherry Evans. No. Uh, As in. Um, Benji Marshall. 50% of the fans love him, 50% of the fans, you know. Oh, and 50% don't like Daily Cherry Evans. That's that's actually probably true. Daily does fit the... Uh, 50% like him and 50% don't. Oh, that's that's unfair. I'll just say he's a man that has been under the microscope for the whole of his career. What? 
Jeepers. This is turning into a bit of a vault, isn't it? Uh, Brett Finch? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, gee whiz. Not Finchy. No. Um, I'll tell you what, Steph, he's playing this weekend. He's playing this weekend. In fact, he's playing Sunday, 6 o'clock. Sean Johnson. Correct. He's on the bench. He's on the bench, according it's to Gus. Yay! He's on the bench, according to Gus. Oh, I'm happy about that. Yeah. So I there am, you go. I'm actually genuinely happy. So about I'll read that. you the team just in its entirety Billy Slater, uh, Greg Inglis. And Brett Morris, the two wingers. Gasney align the centres. Thurston Johns pair each other in the halves. The front row is a Shane Webkey, Cameron Smith, Jason Tomalolo. And the back row is Sonny Bill Williams, Sam Burgess, Brad Fitler in the 13 jersey. Mm. Uh, on the interchange, you've got Paul Gallimat, Scott Anthony, Watmo, and Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson. All right. Come Good on, stuff. Ken, son. We've talked a lot of rugby. We've, in fact, we talked rugby for nearly two hours. We did talk rugby for Gee. two hours, saying we've got And we also did a rugby 15, but hey, each to their own. And we have Brendan Laney. Um, cash and cash are homophones. That is, they are pronounced the same. Fact of the day, Craig. I like that. Uh, I see a new format for Bunnings NPC 2023 is single points table. Oh, yes, they don't have the little divisions now. Hallelujah, Michael. Yes. Uh, and then some votes. The votes are coming in. They are coming in. You have to do it by text. So Alex Ferguson, this is the right one, isn't it? Yes. So Alex Ferguson versus Pat Riley, Wayne Bennett versus Scott Robertson. We're trying to find the king or queen of the coaching ring in our March March Madness. So Alex Ferguson, Man U, Pat Riley, Lakers, Knicks. That could be close, but this next one's going to be unbelievably close in the Eastern Conference. Wayne Bennett, our number one seed, against our All Blacks coach in waiting, Scott Razor-Robertson. He's at 15. Best coach of all time. Bennett Robertson. That's one vote. Ferguson, Pat Riley. That is the other one. Double eight, double three is the number you want to get involved in. Update from the cricket. Another wicket. Another wicket. And still they can't get the other opener out. Um, 51 for four now. Jeepers. So uh, Nasanka has 33 of the runs, then the rest of them got two, none, none. We've got nine. So Asalanka, he got nine. He must have got a lot of runs in a hurry towards the end of his innings. Uh, De Silva is now in. He's on one. Um, a little flick off the pads. I think that's going to go all the way to the boundary. Four runs, it does. So 55 for four. Henry still hasn't bowled after his opening spell. He has... Uh, six overs, two for nine. Shipley, one for 19. Tickner's bowling at the moment. His third over, he has none for 15. And Daryl Mitchell picked up the most recent wicket. He has two overs, one for 11. 55 for four. Sri Lanka winning the toss, opting to bat. Beautiful day there in Hamilton. We'll keep up to date with that as the rest of the day progresses. Right, we will have a break. On the other side, big old weekend. Uh, supercars and Formula One, all in Melbourne. It's a big old day. Big weekend for Melbourne. Michael Laminato, he will be joining us. He's an F1 rider, podcaster, announcer, commentator. He's in, boots and all. Motorsport is his life. He'll join us after the break. Massive weekend for motorsport fans this weekend. We're very used to supercars in this part of the world, but not so much Formula One. They just make a visit once a year, and it is this year in Melbourne at Albert Park for the Formula One round, which is pretty damn exciting. And a man that must be like a kid in a candy store, uh, Michael Laminato from Fox Motorsport. What a weekend for you and the ilk of yourself. 
Yeah, absolutely right. And there are more and more of me, I've got to say, considering last year the race was sold out, sold out again this year. In fact, even more days have sold out this year. They're looking at a crowd that would be approaching half a million people over the course of the weekend, which is pretty remarkable, all things considered. I guess you, I guess people from out of town are looking for long-lost family members, uh, Airbnbs will be chocker, hotels will be chocker, mm. almost like they need to put a tent village in the middle of the track. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if some people built some sheds quite quickly to try and rent them out on Airbnb <laughs> just to capitalise. And on top of that as well, and from the Melbourne perspective, the International Comedy Festival is this weekend as well. I think there's a food and wine festival going on. So the city is rammed full of people just here looking to have a good time. Oh, it's the place to be. So we've got um, two uh, practice sessions today, qualifying tomorrow, the race Sunday, the first and most obvious question for Formula One, is Red Bull just too dominant at the moment? Well, that's a question we'll unfortunately have to learn over the course of many more races. It does seem like they are the team to beat, though. It seems like we're going to have to endure many wins from the reigning championship winning team uh, this year. And I I never want to say a championship is a formality because there are reasons there might be more fight in it, particularly in the second half of the year. But undoubtedly, over the first two races, Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez, which is interesting in itself, have marked themselves out as the drivers to beat and the team to beat. The margin in the last couple of races was pretty significant as well. The only hope we might have is that in qualifying the, the advantage doesn't look quite so big and if you can get your car ahead at several tracks one of them is Melbourne then overtaking isn't always super easy so there is a chance for an upset but it would be an upset not to see the win um, Technology in Formula 1 you'd think over time it should all sort of balance out I, I know in, um, in the sports we're probably more okay with you know salary caps tend to keep teams closer together what, what are Red Bull doing so right that the other teams just can't breach that gap that's a great question because the things you sort of touched on there, the salary cap and stuff like that, exist in Formula 1. There is a spending cap in Formula 1, only relatively recently, the last couple of years. There's even kind of like a, a draft system you might have in, in most American sports. The worst placed team in the championship gets close to twice as much time in the wind tunnel as the championship winner, which was Red Bull. So all the conditions should be in place to see the field close up. Now, we did change the rules only just last year, and usually when you do a big rules change, the field does spread out because some people get it right and some people get it wrong and over time they close up but Red Bull has seen ways to work in this regulation set that no other team really has the step forward they took this year quite large so much so that we're talking about them dominating the season was really unforeseen by most teams they've got a really great design team at Red Bull headed by Adrian Dewey the most successful designer of all time in Formula One and they really just Found tricks that no other team expected and everyone's playing catch-up. Now, I think in the next few years, I know that's not what most other people want to hear, but they will close up again because that's just the way Formula 1 works and I think those equalisation measures will start to be felt. But right now, Red Bull has found itself in this great vein of form that means they'll probably be taking home a couple of titles in the next year or two. Yeah, um, and and looking at, um, and I'm probably going to get into trouble with some motorsport fans here, but Lewis Hamilton, (laughs) I think, I think he won six Australians in a row, something like that, and he'd just win for fun, and everyone's going, he's an amazing driver, he's an amazing driver, he's the best driver we've ever seen, all that sort of stuff. He's not now. So has it reignited the argument between what wins championships? Is it car or is it driver? I know it's a blend of the two, but Lewis is so far off the pace. Yeah, it is, it is an interesting question, always an interesting question, and it is a blend of the two, but Formula One, almost arguably, because there is so much technical freedom, 
does tilt slightly more towards the car. You know, most drivers can't win, uh, as Lewis did, seven world titles and close to six in a row uh, without a car that can drive you to that position. Now, the best drivers find themselves in the best cars as well, so it kind of comes back around. I don't think what we're seeing from Lewis now, which is him driving in a Mercedes that is way uncompetitive, his teammate still on the pace at least, if not better than his teammate George Russell, which is a good sign. But the Mercedes car is nowhere near being a race-winning car. I don't think we're seeing that, that argument reignited about his position in, in, in the greatest of all time, let's say, in that argument about who might be the best. I think what will be really interesting is to see how he bounces back from that because that will really decide how he's remembered, though. You know, statistics will always show that he was, well, he is statistically the greatest of all time. Now it's about how he bounces back from this kind of adversity. So it is an interesting debate, particularly with Max Verstappen looking like he could move in on some of those records in the medium to long term. But I think it's one that time will have to answer. Um, the Albert Park track, what are the characteristics of that track as far as uh, driver styles, uh, what the cars can do? I'm talking acceleration, flat-out speed, cornering, handling. What 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 characterises the Albert Park track? Well, last year we had some pretty significant changes to the track to try and boost overtaking and it turned the track into something that was sort of a little bit medium speed, a lot of sort of chicanes. The cars couldn't really hit top speed to something that is way faster. We took out a chicane. A lot of the corners have been widened as well to massively boost the cornering speed. As a result, it's one of the faster tracks in Formula 1, not the fastest, sort of top eight or nine off the top of my head. And as a result, top speed is much more important here. More of the corners are medium to high rather than being medium to low. So it takes finding a really good balance with the car between top speed and cornering performance. There's a little bit of a compromise circuit now, which does put a little bit more of the emphasis back on finding the right setup so the drivers with the best feedback tend to do the best at that, and of course the most advanced teams as well, which makes it really interesting combined as well with the fact that being a temporary street circuit, it does mean the walls are quite close in some places. So it can be really punishing as a circuit as well. You're not forgiven by lots of asphalt runoff at, at some permanent circuits, for example. If you make a mistake, particularly through the fast back end of the track, you are going in the wall and your session will be over. Maybe your day will be over. But we're hoping we didn't get a test it last year because one of the, the DRS zones was removed, but we have four this year. And if they work, we'll get overtaking back as well. So we might actually end up with quite a good little boutique circuit almost, but it will be waiting. We'll have to wait to see how it goes on Sunday. We're talking to like Michael Laminato out of Fox Motorsport, amongst other things, podcasting. He's just up to his eyeballs in motorsport. Last, <laughs> last year... Uh, Charles Leclerc um, broke the track record. Now, obviously, some of that would have been attributed to the track modifications that you, that you've touched on. Do you think there's the potential for a new track record, given how good Red Bull have been going so far? Yeah, actually, in fact, I hadn't even thought about it, in fact. But based on what we've seen in the first two races, which is that the cars are faster again, despite some rule tweaks over the off-season, I would suspect that, yeah, we would be on track for a new track record. Like you say, that is partly because last year's circuit is much faster than the old one. So it sort of, sort of should be treated as a new track in that way. But yes, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the Red Bulls, perhaps even one of the Ferraris, because they are a little bit faster again this year, not quite on Red Bull space, but nonetheless, to, to break that record. So I think we'll probably have a couple of years of that. Of, of that. Uh, Oscar Piastri, the Aussie, a Formula One rookie, having his first race in Australia. A pretty cool weekend for him. Yeah, it is. And it's been a lot of work for, for his manager, Mark Webber, and also the McLaren team to try and keep him really on the ground this weekend, keep the pressure off him, because especially now that Formula One is having this great moment of popularity, particularly in Melbourne as well, 
everyone recognises him. You know, he can no longer walk around the streets of his home city and not be recognised. <laughs> everyone wants a piece of this guy. Extremely popular at the moment. So he's, they've been playing it with a very low profile so far. He spoke in a press conference yesterday and said he's looking forward to, of course, his home weekend. He's asked if he's going to go and see the, the Richmond Tigers play tonight, his football team, but he even <laughs> said, no, I'm going to bed early and focus on the race. And he needs to be focused because that car, unfortunately, is not very good. It's unlikely to score many points in his first home race, but maybe if it's a little bit of attrition in this one, if he plays his cards right, he might just sneak into the top 10. Red Bull and their speed is probably the big story in Formula 1 but what a story 41 year old Fernando Alonso two podiums he's turning back the clock Oh, isn't he? It's so great to watch as well because there's been, he came back to Formula 1 only a couple of years ago after a brief break out of the sport, having had enough of it and enough of uncompetitive cars. And he always looked pretty good, but there was always this question mark about, well, you know, he's in his 40s now. How quick can he continue to be? He's finally got a car that can prove how quick he's continuing to be. And it's almost like he's not aged at all in the last 20 years. You know, he won his world titles in 2005 and 2006. <laughs> he's, he's racing at pretty much the same capacity, the same level. The first time in, oh, good, I have to try and think back, more than a decade now that he's had a car capable, or about a decade now, he's had a car capable of winning races. And while his car is not quite at race winning capacity, yet, it's certainly winning podiums. But it will be there if Red Bull trips up. And Fernando Alonso is the most opportunistic driver on the entire grid. He only needs a sniff of an opportunity and he will be in there. So I think actually if Red Bull, they do have some unreliability problems, if there's even a hint that they might not be able to take the race win, it's going to be Fernando who's going to be there to take it off them. So finally, Michael, outside the big three, Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, who could make a good run? Give us a couple of drivers that could make a good run at the podium. I think we we haven't necessarily seen the best of Mercedes. I know they're switching a lot of focus uh, to a new car they want to bring later on in the year, but the car wasn't as bad as we thought it was in Saudi Arabia. And in that case, as you mentioned earlier, Lewis Hamilton's had a lot of great success in Melbourne. I don't think we can count him out. And there's still this question mark over Ferrari because the car is really quick in qualifying. You know, it's usually within about a tenth of the Red Bull car. If you look at that, you think, well, we should be on for a great battle. But in the race pace, they're nowhere. They're losing almost a second a lap to Red Bull. But if the team principal there insists that if you're quick in qualifying, you can find a way to be quick in the race. And if he turns out to be right, and if you can figure out why, how to do that in time for this weekend, we all know how well Ferrari did here last year. So they absolutely dominated. So I don't want to count out either of those two teams just yet that may be filling spots on the podium. But, of course, for the overall victory, very difficult to go past Red Bull Racing. Michael, I can hear the joy and excitement in your voice. I'm, I'm, I've never met you, but I'm genuinely <laughs> excited for your next few days, mate, and really appreciate uh, our listeners and me. We really appreciate your, your enthusiasm and your knowledge on the sport. Uh, I wish you a fantastic weekend. Thank you, mate. My pleasure. Is it results time that using results time? We've found our elite eight. It is, Steph. Hey, great everyone chat by the way there with Michael Lemonado and um, free practice one just ended and Lewis Hamilton ended up on uh, second second place after Max. So Lewis Hamilton making a charge. But uh, I love you know I love me if one Steph Um, something different over the weekend Mm. and amongst all your other traditional sports. So yeah, it's actually good. It'll be a good little bit of variety for us. Yeah.
Good variety. Um, right, we have some results. Excellent. And it's the last two contestants to go through to the Elite oh. Eight, which will begin on Monday NZ time, uh, and that'll be about 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Right, for right, those right. that's those watching in Massachusetts. Now, I'm pretty confident I know who's won the Western Conference final matchup. Okay, which was Alex Ferguson against Pat Riley. I'm going to guess Sir Alex has got seventy eight percent of the votes. He goes. There. He breezes through on the back of the gameplay, and that is solid stuff. Mm. The pundits can't fault it. Um, flawless through the first two rounds, and a, re- a real hot favourite for the overall title. Now in the East, this is the one. Wayne Bennett number one v Scott Robinson number fifteen. Which way do you think it was going to go, Steph? Um, I thought if anyone could beat Wayne Bennett in this whole competition, it, yeah. it could be uh, a former or future All Black coach. So I'm interested in this result. I'll tell you what, um, let's just hope Razor's start to the All Blacks isn't like his performance in the Sweet 16 of the coaching king of the ring because Wayne Bennett, 68% of the votes, Steph, yeah, he well, breezes well, well, through well, there. Well, well. So the one and two seeds go to the Elite Eight. They go through. They Haven't go had through. a massive boil over yet? Not yet. Not yet. Um, very interested, though, the Elite Eight. That is where we sort the, you know, so the, the kids the end from of the, the show, Can we get Captain K to compile us who the Elite Eight is without telling us who's playing who? Yep. Just tell us the eight, maybe yep. in seeding order. Let's, let's, I like that. Let's try and sort that I out. I like it. Yes, um, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, so that's the results of that. We're going to Jimmy Smith soon. If you've just joined in, welcome in. Um, this is Afternoons with Staffy. In association with the great crew at Gull, Gull.nz. They're our wonderful show sponsors each and every afternoon. Get along to Gull.nz. Um, you can sign up for the notifications and uh, you will get a text like I did the other day. It's usually once a month, but they just did. We've got a surprise special for 24 hours. And um, yeah, uh, another day of 12 cents off. Uh, Sri Lanka, New Zealand. Sri Lanka won the toss, elected to bat. They are 77 for five. The opener's still in. He's on 44. Uh, the newest batsman in is uh, Captain Shanaka. He is not out on one. Wickets, Matt Henry two for nine, Shipley one for 19, Tickner none for 16. Daryl Mitchell getting a good return. He's still bowling. He's bowling his fifth over at the moment. Currently has uh, two wickets for 18 runs. Nish Sodi has just been utilised for the two overs. He has none for 14. Um, good variety of shows today. As I say, uh, on our show today, if you've just joined us, um, Avail yourselves of the podcast tab on the app, uh, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, as a bit of an example, we did rugby pretty much that first hour um, for Super Rugby Sweepstake, um, which was trying to figure out who got the, sorry, what time the last try would be scored. Across all the games, who would score the latest try or what would the minute be? Um, had a swag of entries for that. Then we caught up with Brett Kamali out of the um, well, head of the Sharks and Warriors game. Of course, one of the well, he'd, he's probably in the um, Cronulla Sharks team of the century, I would imagine, if there's such a thing. So Brett Kamali very kindly joined us from the golf course. Then we went back to rugby, did a bit more rugby with Brendan Laney, the great Highlander, Scottish international. Um, big preview on Waikato versus. Waikato Chiefs, sorry, versus the Blues. That is going to be a barn burner. And then kindly again, Mitch McLennigan on a busy day for him. We talked a bit of cricket with him and we've just rounded out 
so far with uh, Formula One chat with Michael Lemontano. It's a good variety. Good variety there, Ken. Um, Formula One, uh, so Sam has said, uh, uh, Max Verstappen, he, it's funny, they've got here what sort of tyre they qualified on and how many they used. So Max used four tyres. I've got the same four tyres on my car I bought the, when I bought it 18 months ago. That is important, though, because they do all sorts of things about what tyres use in practice and, and qualifying races, you've got a finite number of tyres for, for a race. Yeah, correct. And I know that they have to start on whatever tyres they finish qualifying on. I right. think that's the rule. So there's all sorts of things like that. So Verstappen still, I mean, gosh... Still 0.4 of a second, so over 10 laps, he's four seconds in front. Incredible. But Lewis Hamilton, nice return to form, and um, Michael did say when I when I pressed him for outside the, the top guns, who might surprise you? The first name he said, Mercedes and Hamilton. And he won ab- about six in a row, five maybe, uh, in Australia, so very much likes that track. So we go Red Bull, Mercedes, then Red Bull, uh, Sergio Perez, um, he's in third, just in behind him, Fernando Alonso. What a great story he's been this year. Uh, then the two Ferraris of Leclerc and Sainz. Uh, they are in fifth and sixth. Then Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, good return for him. And the eighth spot, followed by Russell Stroll, etc., etc. And the Aussie guy we talked about, Oscar Piastri. Um, I, la- I laughed when he said... Uh, I laughed when he said... Um, he loves, was it Hawthorne or Richmond? And he said, you going to the game tonight? He goes, no, I'm going to bed. So very professional. We'll take a break when we come back. Jimmy Smith across the ditch to round out the week. NZ. Of course I'm here. Of course I'm here. You know, that's the old saying. Oh, so hang on. Who's, is that the wrong blokes? It's those blokes? It's us blokes. Those blokes. Me? You there, Staffy? I'm here. No, you sure it's not these guys? Hello. I see nothing wrong with the player. Hello, so Hello Jimmy. There's something else playing funny. Yeah. What about now? It's not as if he's saying, hey, listen. I'm I can hear Matty Johns. Like otherwise, uh, what, the club goes why are we getting the TV look, coming through, Coach yeah, K? <laughs> so, hang on. So, <laughs> hang on. No, no. Turn, that's that's Staffy there. Yeah. So I'm here. I'm just. So, hang on. Now we've got the TVs on that are coming through. So, why don't we do that? So, hang on. How's that? Is that it? I've got you. Mate, we just had the great Matty Johns, Gordon Tallis, Nathan oh. Highmarsh and Brian Fletcher Jesus. on the program too. Very busy program over here, <laughs> Staffy. Very busy. I was thinking, man, you've got a full studio over there today. Yeah, no, nah, look, the boys. Okay, thanks, fellas. All right, see you later, fellas. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming in. Very good. Very good. Fletch, about time you came into work on a Friday. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, How's your week been, Jimmy? Uh, how's my week been? It's a really, really a question I hadn't contemplated that far, but, um, yeah, yeah, now it's, it's good, Staffy. What about you, mate? How's it, can you answer me this? I really love your coach bracket that you explained to us. How's that going? Who's, who's still, who's still alive? We're down to the elite eight. So we've gone from 32 to 16 to the elite eight. Uh, Sammy's just got the list of, uh, Captain K. Over here. So, Sammy, who are the eight remaining? Give them in seeding order. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll give them in seeding order. Unfortunately, Captain K, I can only see seven names here. So, we've got. We must, we must, um, <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> so What's Captain K doing over one, the weekend? One, one to come. Oh, no, there is one tucked in here. Okay, so the first seed, and uh, and look, he's been breezing through Wayne Bennett, um, first seed of the competition. And he's just been playing good ball. He's yeah. just been playing mm-hmm. good ball. No one can match him. Um, solid strategy. Number two, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. 
Um, he's survived. No, he's been around for years, and, and they just keep making the Elite Eight every single year. Uh, number four, Phil Jackson. Um, Seeded four. Questions about age of that team and how far they will go, whether they can go the whole way. Uh, eighth seed is uh, Sir Graham Henry. Seventh seed is uh, Dame Noling Todor. Ninth seed, Sir Fred Allen. Twelfth uh, seed, Arsene Wenger. And the thirteenth seed, a little bit of an upset to get through, Staff, uh, Sir Gordon Titchens. Oh, Sir Gordon Titchens, our seventh, coaching sevens guru. You blokes done? Seriously, he's talking a different language over there. <laughs> I tell Mate, you about I, it. I, tell I was you. right. I was right up with you until you got to Alex Ferguson, and then it all just got very New Zealand. Never heard of me. Phil Jackson, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, bas- over, very was, famous basketball coach, Jimmy. I was overemphasizing your point. Yeah, now, I know you uh, like great, it. To, great to have this. Hang on, sorry, great to have this afternoon's program with Sammy, and uh, apparently Staffy chips in every now and then. Yeah, when right? he lets me. You know how you like our segments. We've got a new one now. It's called Ask Us. Hang, hang on a minute. Oh, okay. So this runs along with the coach's bracket. No, this is different. I, this is different. Right. This is ask us. Okay. So you know, ask us. Do you know right. chat GPT, GPT, the AI? Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? We were just talking about it in the previous segment. Oh, okay. So we've got one. We, we, see, we can't say ask chat GPT. So we do ask us because it's like right. ask Gus or ask us. And we've got yes. music for it and we ask it questions. Today, Sammy asked it, who is the greatest rugby league team, man for man, post 2000? Oh. So you had to pick the best player in every position post 2000. I had a crack okay. at it. I think I got three. That doesn't mean you're wrong, though. No. Because it doesn't mean chat wow. GPT is right. Yeah, right? Gus might have been wrong. We want to know can you guess? I'll guess five at least. Well, yeah, I'll have a crack then. Go on. Best rugby league team. Yeah. Okay, well, Cameron Smith. Yes. Billy Slater. Yes. Jonathan Thurston. Yes. Uh, You want me to name the 13? Like, seriously. How fantastic. Well, you said five. You've got three. Yeah, well, I'm Greg Inglis. Yes. Jared Hayne. No. Ooh. No, no, no. Criteria. Have you named a forward? Oh, uh, let me guess. Uh, oh, you said forward. Cam Smith, didn't you? Yeah, you did. yeah. He's a he's a hooker forward. So, but can you name then? Can you name the one warrior? Didn't make the starting side, but made the bench. One warrior, Captain Mentoring? No, should have though. What a what a warrior. Uh, Stacey Jones. No. The one warrior mm-hmm. that made it. Did he play his entire career at the Warriors? No, had three. Sean years. Johnson. Yes. That's him. Right. He's, he's so it's touch tear. footy, is it? Is it touch footy side or a... Have you not seen him tackling Jimmy Smith? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's tackle, is it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just ask Willie Army Kick, yeah. Yeah. Hey, vintage SJ, I'd have thought. Yeah, vintage. He's, a, he's in great nick. He's in great nick. What's been your highlight on your show today, apart from stealing our chat GPT uh, conversation? Mate, we've had uh, a couple of things. So Anthony Seabolt was our guest. Nice. Um, yeah, really good to have him on. But we had the passing of a radio legend. So a guy by the name of Doug Mulray. Have you heard of him? That name does ring a bell, yes. Okay. So he was uh, an FM – he died age 71. He's an FM broadcaster from the 80s who um, back in the day when there weren't actually any other – FM stations like yeah. Triple M was the only FM station, and the account managers tell great stories about. You know, Doug had the breakfast show on the highest rating, the highest rating breakfast show on the highest rating station on the only gig, gig in town. Right, like <laughs> he was just a god, creamy, and 
and was absolutely pay, uh, paid accordingly. But the account managers back in the day, and a, and a client would ring up and say, I want to advertise with Doug Murray. And he said, well, if you haven't got $25,000, we're talking in the, the wow. mid-80s. If you haven't got $25,000, I'm not getting in the car and driving out to you. Right? That's, that's what the Reverend wow. Dr. Doug was like. He was an absolute legend of the industry. Um, and I was at boarding school basically for five years of that. And every morning at 7 o'clock, the radio would go on to wake us up and it was the Reverend Dr. Doug. So it was such a part of my childhood. It was, um, um, and we're just going over some old audio and you just go down a rabbit hole for half an hour, right? Listening to things that are still so funny and so familiar mm. as well. So it, it's been a bit of a, so as a result of that, we did our Radio First 11. Who's who's in your Radio First 11? We've got a, a young boy here. His name's Chuck, Two Buck Chuck, I call him. And I think he's overvalued at that. But... <laughs> Uh, he suggested that I was carrying the drinks and he's, he's slagging me off. Then he said I was in actually carrying the drinks for the Australia A side. And so anyway, oh. it's led to a, f- a few harsh words and people getting upset. But anyway, mm. it's fine. Well, me and my producer had a heated discussion before the show today. So I ask yes. you one question and then I'll give you a follow-up comment. Did man land on the moon in 1969? <laughs> That's a great question. But do you believe they did? Okay. Do you believe they did? I, I, I am a believer that they did. Okay. Do you know how far away the moon is from the Earth? No, I've got no idea. 240,000 kilometres. Since right. 1969, man has only managed to get 400 kilometres away from Earth. They can't get through there. How, how in 69 could they go 240,000 and now they can only go 400? Oh, so you're questioning my whole belief system now. I'll send you something to watch. Thank you very much. Jimmy, it's been a pleasure. You have a great weekend, Staffy. Oh, sorry, Sammy and uh, Staffy, if you get a word. Yeah, I chip Staffy. in. Yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> Thanks. Vintage, hey, vintage SH, I would have thought from that. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> See you, boys. Goodbye. Jimmy Smith out of Australia. We'll come back after the break and wrap it all up.